The thing with the juice cleanse that helped me was just to reset all my scavenging. From Thanksgiving to Christmas, the wheels fell totally off. I mean, I was eating brownies at midnight. There were no rules. Every meal was my birthday. I'm having lasagna late at night. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it was just, it was so out of control, the snacking, that I just had to reset all that. All I know <laughs> is I started off our vacation with Bill at Eaton Park at 1 in the morning eating French fries and a milkshake. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, Super burger. Uh-oh. <laughs> That's what I mean. Here comes Fat Randy <laughs> coming down your chimney. Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's five after six at DVE. Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Periods of rain today. At times, it will be heavy as temperatures fall from the 50s to the 30s this afternoon. That means a wintry mix of ice and freezing rain this evening, changing over to snow with several inches likely by Saturday morning. Brutal cold Saturday, windy too, high of only 20. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 53 degrees at DVE. I'm Val Porter. Disgraced Leechburg Police Chief Mike Diebold is out of jail after making bail Thursday. The 40-year-old had been in jail since last Friday and after attempting to meet someone he thought was a 14-year-old girl for sex. In reality, Diebold was chatting online with an undercover agent. Lawmakers from both sides of the aisle are reacting to President Trump's vulgar comment about certain countries. According to the Washington Post, Trump made the disparaging remark about Haiti, El Salvador, and African nations during immigration negotiations. He basically said, why are we letting people from these s-hole countries into our country? Republican Congresswoman Mia Love of Utah is calling on Trump to apologize. Her parents are Haitian immigrants. She said Trump's comments are unkind, divisive, elitist, and fly in the face of our nation's values. Republican Senator Orrin Hatch said part of what makes America special is that it welcomes the best and brightest in the world, no matter what country they come from. The floor becomes the ceiling every day. I had to just shut everything off at, at like, after I watched the regular news last night, I just they were I saying couldn't take it anymore. They were saying the word. They had it printed on the screen on <laughs> CNN for like ten minutes. Oh, uh, they! I mean, all the cable news channels were just saying it. And I s- wonder how this became bigger news than when he said everybody from Haiti has AIDS. Yeah, because he denied that. Oh. So there were people saying, oh, that's fake news. He didn't say that. So now, pretty sure he probably said that. Now, his base does love this. Um, and I guess. Yeah, that's know, why I had to shut it down, because there, people were retweeting. People saying, exci- yeah, I love that he said this. Yeah, they're, they're very like, excited that that's gotta, how they're being represented. I got to shut it down. Good. We have an ice road trucker as president. Remember how Jesus talked about all the asshole countries <laughs> where he wouldn't go? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. the evangelicals in this country overwhelmingly in favor of the way Trump talks about non-white people. Just like Jesus. Jesus hated people that weren't white. I don't know how you can brag about being a Christian and support him. Yeah, I don't know. Well, very simple. With all everything he's done and said, I just, that's another thing that stuns me. But the president will have his first physical exam. As president, today. but not mental. Yes, in a White House photo op, Trump predicted it will go very well. He did so much yesterday. Then he it's, said about Kim Jong Un, he's like, "We have a great relationship." And one <laughs> sentence he said, "I have relationships with people." 
What kind of a sentence is that? He's he's out of his mind crazy. <laughs> he can't talk. I he's have an relationships idiot. <laughs> with people. He's crazy. <laughs> and uh, we're letting 30% of the country uh, oh. scream at us that well, he's awesome. He, uh, he did predict that this physical exam is going to go well. He'll, he said he'll be very surprised <laughs> if it doesn't. That doesn't sound like him <laughs> being overconfident. He also, uh, he also jo- joked the stock market won't be happy if his physical doesn't go well. White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders said the exam will be conducted by Dr. Ronnie Jackson, Trump's White House physician. That's not the guy with the long hair, is it? Yeah, oh, no, yeah. His, his personal physician. Well, this is his White House physician. No, oh, no, 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 different guy. I think this guy is at uh, Walter Reed Hospital, is where he's having it done. Uh, she announced that Jackson will provide a full readout of the exam on Tuesday. You know, I, I read this interview. I think he did it with um, Doctor Oz, where he told him that he considers his hand gesturing to be exercise. Oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> That's my cardio. (laughs) If you have any money left over from the holidays, retail industry experts say January is the best month to buy things like bedding and linens, fitness equipment, and electronics. Now, if you want a new television, like right before the Super Bowl is when the best sales always are for televisions. Uh, If you're in the market for winter clothing, winter sporting goods, or stuff for your kitchen, hold off, though, until February, they say, to make your purchases. You writing all that down? Yeah, right. Yeah, I just wrote that down. Thank you. (laughs) Wait till after February to make purchases before from S hole country. (laughs) That's probably where it's made. They make it in their huts. In the huts in the S hole countries where they you know, right before they dive AIDS, they knock off a couple of TVs. (laughs) God, he's the president. And he's in the WWE Hall of Fame. Well, what matters to millennials? Maybe you don't care, but we're going to talk about it anyway. People born from 1982 to 2004 are millennials. Uh, according to the World Economic Fund's annual poll, which surveyed 25,000 millennials in 183 countries, some of those S-hole countries, <laughs> there are, these are the six most important issues in the world to millennials. Number six, government accountability and transparency and corruption. Religious conflicts at number five, then it's poverty Income inequality and income discrimination, large-scale conflict and wars, and the number one concern of millennials is climate change and destruction of nature. Police in northern Arkansas are looking for a man in his 20s or early 30s. The guy went into a grocery store the other day. He stole a box of tampons by shoving them down his pants. Oh, He got some beer, too, but he paid for that. My guess is he was embarrassed to buy the tampons. Yeah. That's all there is to it. <laughs> Pride won't let me buy these. Need, uh, give me that Budweiser. I can't be seen buying plugs. Tampax pho- <laughs> plugs. Tampax phobia. <laughs> I, I won't even real. walk down that aisle. Yeah, I, I never understood real. that. Like, why the would a guy be embarrassed out. by that? It's so clearly not for him. I know, but it's guys get weird if you talk about feminine issues. Not me. Bring them up. <laughs> I'll remember that. Just, just let's go. <laughs> let's put I, it all out on the table. Well, now that we know that, it's it's best just to at least bring that up if you see somebody in line in front of you with the Tampax. A guy? Or, yeah. Just assume that. The, Are those pretend for you? <laughs> that you think that they're for him. Yeah. Uh, you find those fit you good? <laughs> 
I like the ones with wings myself. <laughs> you like the pearls? Uh, <laughs> John Fogarty is voicing his displeasure and disapproval at filmmakers for choosing Proud Mary as the title of a new movie. The film features Taraji P. Henson as a hit woman. That opens today. In a statement released yesterday, Fogarty was especially angered by the fact the lyric working for the man every night and day was changed to killing for the man every night and day. Rock and Roll Hall of Famer said the movie has, quote, nothing to do with me or my song, end quote. Would he have to give permission to use that? Uh, you would think. Oh, you can just buy, pay for it. I'm not sure yeah, if someone can stop you. Oh, he doesn't own his songs, remember? No, I don't. Who owns his who, songs? Yeah, owns Saul Zance, remember? I don't remember. Oh, yeah, dude, he got sued. John Fogarty got sued for copyright infringement. For writing a song that sounded too much like Run Through the Jungle, which he wrote. He wrote a song called <laughs> The Old Man in the, Down the Road. Yeah, it was in like in the 80s, mid-80s. Saul Zance, who was the, the president of whatever company owned the record company um, that, that had the publishing for all John Fogarty's songs. He signed a horrible contract when he started out, like a lot of people do. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get out from under it. Guy owned all of his music. Uh, and the guy sued him. So then he, he had a song. So he plagiarized himself. Yeah, for plagiarizing himself. And then the guy, uh, or then um, John Fogarty wrote a song, and he had a video for it. It was called Zance Can't Dance. It was about Saul Zance. Oh, I remember you talking about Zance that. Zance can't dance, but he'll steal your money. And it was a bunch of pigs dancing in the video, or trying to dance. I bet he loved that. Saul Zance did not enjoy that. I believe he sued him for defamation for that. Um, so John Fogarty, he has just been angry his entire life. And he's like 80. He's he's lived so long. There's two other brothers. Aren't they brothers? Yeah, but they are they did, cousins? Yeah, they were fighting. You're yeah, right. No, Tom they hated Fogarty each other, yeah. hated each other, like all the way to the deathbed. Kind of like the guy yeah. like died with like the last thing he did was like finger up in the air. <laughs> Actor James Franco is laying low amid several sexual misconduct allegations. He's the latest star to have a number of women come forward accusing him of abusing his power. Franco skipped the Critics' Choice Awards last night where he won Best Actor for his role in The Disaster Artist. The accusations came to light during Franco's win at the Golden Globes last week. The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club star Ali Sheedy, actress Violet Paley, and Several students of Franco's came forward with their stories after he was seen at the Globes wearing a Time's Up pin. He has denied all those allegations. Speaking of the Critics' Choice Awards, a big winner, The Shape of Water, took home Best Picture. Guillermo del Toro won Best Director. The project also landed Best Production Design and Best Score. Big Little Lies got four wins, walking away with Best Limited Series, Best Best Actress in a Movie or Miniseries, and Best Supporting Actor and Actress in a Movie or Miniseries. Other big honors were Gary Oldman for Best Actor, Get Out for Best Original Screenplay, Coco for Best Animated Feature, and The Big Sick for Best Comedy. And the upcoming Screen Actors Guild Award, which we all vote for, will be handed out by an all-female team of presenters. Show producers announced that Halle Berry, Emma Stone, Dakota Fanning, and Lapita Nyong'o will be among them. That move comes in recognition of the growing women's movement in Hollywood. The 24th Annual SAG Awards telecast is set for January 21st. Rain today. Temperature's going to drop into the 30s this afternoon. Rain will mix with sleet and freezing rain this evening. It'll change over to snow, and we're expected to get several inches of snow overnight tonight. It's 54 now at DDE. All right. So much to get into from yesterday. 
and Steelers talk. Let's just wait one second. This is the song John Fogarty got sued for writing, for plagiarizing himself. Old man down the road, DVE. through the Tomlin Translator, which is an app developed yes, uh, over there at CMU, that parses through the words uh, that, that Mike Tomlin says and gives you the real meaning. What is the subtext the of su- what he's saying? Exactly. Pretty cool technology that we're able to uh, employ here. So yesterday, in his weekly press conference, Coach Tomlin was asked uh, about the first time the Steelers played the Jaguars and... Uh, uh, you know how much he's using that as a uh, a basis for preparing for this game. You referenced the first game; uh, it was in early October. How much do you look at that game from a coaching standpoint? Because both teams have changed so much. You know, you, you don't look at it a lot. You know, there's a lot, 
lot of trending in ball. Uh, okay, so he doesn't look at it a lot uh, through the translator. If I want to watch Todd Haley screw something up, I'll go over and watch him try to ride the bull again at Tequila Cowboy. It's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Tim Benz asked uh, a question about that first matchup between uh, the Steelers and the Jaguars as well as uh, along the lines of, uh, you know, was, was Coach Tomlin surprised? You guys played them for the first time in week five. What, if anything, was surprised about with the first field? I don't know that I was surprised by anything. I think that they, they have as clearly a defined mode of operation as anyone in this field in terms of how they play. Okay, and through the translator... I was surprised that we got beat by a quarterback who couldn't start for Aliquippa. <laughs> okay, then you have uh, Stan asked a question about Ben Roethlisberger and whether he was going to try to, you know, there was a danger in him pushing too much, trying to atone for that five-interception game earlier in the year. Given Ben's performance in the first game, we all know the numbers. Does he and the coaching staff have to guard against him wanting to atone for that maybe forcing things that aren't there. Not, not at all. Um, Ben's played ball a long time, man. He, this is not his first rodeo. His, his attention will be properly focused on winning, winning the game, not responding to, you know, some regular season October performance. He's just been in too many stadiums for that. Okay, now through the translator. There's no doubt in my mind that Ben is going to audible out of every running play and try to throw nine touchdown passes. You just know it. Yeah. The next question was about whether or not Antonio Brown uh, is going to play. Kind of hard to hear the question, but he was basically asking whether or not, you know, is A.B. going to play? How certain are you? And is this a a fait accompli? We're not treating this any any different than any other player or injury that we deal with. Um, his practice participation and the quality of it will determine his availability or the amount of availability. Um, I just don't have the answers to those questions uh, as I stand here today. And through the translator. If A.B. can breathe, he's playing in this mother <laughs> game. <laughs> uh, there was a question about Marcus Gilbert. You know, um, you know, he's done an awesome job of getting back up to speed. Mark has missed a lot of time this year for a variety of reasons. Through the translator. Now that James Harrison isn't here any longer to feed Marcus steroids, he won't get suspended for Sunday's game. Oh, well, that, yeah, I wouldn't have even thought that. Silver yeah. lining. Yeah, there you go. Silverback's departure. Uh, and uh, last but not least, uh, he was asked about the weather. You have to prepare for potential weather issues. That is yeah, but that's always the case, um, particularly, you know, um, when you get to this point in the season. Um, we don't spend a lot of time debating and talk about talking about those things it's just part of life in pittsburgh pa it's part of life that we embrace and uh, through the translator there. would somebody build us a <laughs> dome google uber <laughs> primantis anybody yeah 40 <laughs> percent dve sports another wild and crazy day with the pittsburgh steelers yesterday here's mike pursuiter to wrap it up for you Sports is brought to you by Stevenson Law Offices. Turns out that uh, Sunday might not just be Ben Roethlisberger's last game in Heights Field. Well, he said it's not. 
I thought I read he said it's not my last game at Heinz Field. So he doesn't think it is. Okay, yeah, he said, I don't think it is. Right, okay. All right. You're right. Distinct. Simple lead that I was just trying to get to this love ball stuff. Sorry, wasn't. (laughs) I'm just so frazzled. Frazzled by it all. Flabbergasted. My apologies. I wasn't trying to. Uh, As Val pointed out uh, so accurately before the break, the soap opera continues. Le'Veon Bell talking with ESPN.com's Jeremy Fowler about potentially sitting out next season or even retiring if the Steelers opt to place the franchise tag on him for a second consecutive year. Said Bell, quote, I hope it doesn't come to that, but I would definitely consider it. And then in terms of what he's seeking uh, in terms of compensation, other than the franchise tag, quote, I'm not going to settle for anything. I know what I do and what I bring to the table. I'm not going out here, getting the ball 400 times and not getting what I feel I'm valued at. It's not because he wants the money. He's got plenty of that, but he wants to blaze a trail for running backs that will follow him. Madden said it yesterday, and I think this kind of sums up how a lot of Steeler fans feel. You'd never hear anybody on the Patriots saying that. I don't know what it is about this team. And I don't know how you stop a guy like that from saying it. It's it's remarkable on a lot of levels. Le'Veon Bell talked to the media this week extensively, Monday and Wednesday. And it, it's a great story by Jeremy Fowler. It's It's got the NFL world a buzz. But I, I wonder why he brought that up at this juncture, and I wonder why Bell would address it at this juncture. Right. I mean, the I wish, timing of the thing. In retrospect, I wish I had. I just didn't think it's something that he would be considering now. I think, I mean, I saw the report last night when he was doing a live hit on on, uh, NFL Live, and he basically said, I was just kind of asking him, it was almost like a throwaway question that he ended up expounding on. Yeah, I would would have expected a response along the lines of, we'll worry about that after the Super Bowl. Right. And then you move on and talk about whatever. Great job by Fowler. I'm not at all trying to disparage that, Uh, but it's... Curious to me why he would ask it now, and it's staggering to me that Bell would address it the way he addressed it. Quote, I've made a lot of money. I'm happy where I'm at. I've got a good family. I don't really need to play football. Right now I'm just kind of doing it because I love it. And the reactions uh, have been what they are. Blame the media. But it is uh, fitting nicely in line with the Steelers' season-long obsession with potential distraction. And uh, fits right in stuff that has nothing to do with the immediate task at hand, and yet here they are, uh, one win away from the AFC Championship game. Maybe it's exactly what they needed. Maybe Le'Veon Bell just sensed, "Hey, there hasn't been an issue this week. I'll be the guy. We don't have the world spinning in the wrong direction all of a sudden." Although I think Mike Mitchell's comments would have provided a little of that, or maybe they would have been put on the back burner till next week. Yeah, they'll come up again. As will they all. Uh, on the injury front, Artie Burns and Stephon Tuitt did not practice. Uh, they were downgraded from limited to non-participants, but both guys optimistic about their availability for Sunday. Uh, Burns said he had uh, a hyperextended knee. His quote was, uh, hopefully uh, if everything goes how I expect it to go, I'll be good. I feel like I'll be able to go. And uh, Stephon Tuitt said, I'll be good. We just wanted 
to make sure everything is fine. Everything came back clean, so I'll be ready to put my pads back on tomorrow. That's good news. Both guys had MRIs, uh, both anticipated practicing today. We'll see if that is, in fact, how it works out. Uh, Another factor both teams are going to have to deal with on Sunday, we presume, is the weather. It's starting to get nasty out there already, and things are supposed to take a significant turn for the worse. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars head coach Doug Marone asked this week how his North Florida team would be able to deal with some nasty winter conditions in Pittsburgh. Yeah, you know, I don't, I don't know. I think it depends on you know the players and things of that nature. We've been fortunate that we have played, you know, saying in some some cold weather this year. Um, uh, and again, I, I just think it's all in the mindset. It's no different than you know when when you're up north and you're coming down south early in the season. You know, with the heat, you know, people have to be able to adjust to that. I think I used to think like years ago when I played or I was coaching. You know, we didn't have like all the things they have now. You know. The thermo gear, the haters on the sideline, you know, things like that. So, you know, I think I think it's I don't know, it's it's different than it was back in the day when it was like, you know, you didn't have those things. I think the players, I think the hardest thing for the players is probably to warm up because they can't get to the benches. Everybody's pretty soft nowadays. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, basically that's exactly what I'm saying. I tell them all the time, like, you know, the same with like the collective bargaining agreement and double sessions and things of that nature. I mean, I mean, it was, it's like, you know, and then, you know, run, I remember, gosh, I can remember even stories of Coach Noel, you know, the run that we used to do after practice, the 350s, the running down the hill, you know, we were hitting twice, but then we're going to go scrimmage the, the Redskins over there in Carlisle. I mean, you know, those days, I, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, we're all soft. Not sure he made a point that his team will deal with the weather, but they will have the heated benches and the thermal stuff. Uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, will embrace the winter conditions if they arrive anticipated. That's something that uh, when he's not contemplating retirement, he enjoys talking about. Now, Coach Thomas said he drafted me over Eddie Lacy when I was coming out because I was so used to carrying the ball in the cold, you know, getting hit in the cold. That's that's what the biggest thing was for him. So it affects runners. It, felt, it definitely affects guys who's tackling um, that's why when it's cold outside, I take a lot of pride because um, I know guys don't want to tackle. To be honest, I don't play any differently in the cold. I play in cold weather the same I play as in you know hot, warm weather, wherever it is. I think it looks different because when it's cold outside, guys play worse than they do when it's hot or warm outside. And I think that's what makes me look different. But I go out there and play my same game. Other people kind of, you know, they, they, they kind of downgrade their game a little bit, and I think that's what's, what's the biggest thing is for me. Um, Buffalo, the Miami Dolphins game, Kansas City. I mean, it's a lot of games where guys, just, it's, it's cold, and they don't really want to make the tackles, or they might not want to fight off a block. And I take pride in that because I know that coming into the game. You know, some guys might put on the front, you know, acting like they're not cold, but I know. <laughs> Maybe one more cold-weather game before he calls it a career. Yeah, that's right. Him and Ben yeah. are done after this year, so we gotta, the, we have to win now. Fighting a good fight for Todd Gurley. This just stuns me. I, I've been front and center through all this stuff, and this is the most surprising of Why all. Why would he even go there? I, this is this is because pe- I, I mean people are chirping in his ear, and this is what he's hearing when he's not at the facility. Yeah, maybe his agent. This is my guess. He thinks he's a rap star and he doesn't need football. 
I got... I've heard his rap. I think he really needs football. <laughs> Made a fair amount of money to this point. He's yeah, so that's fine. He's so good at it. Maybe he just wants to rap and smoke weed. That's cool. Go he's, right ahead. He's so young, man. He's 25. How old is he? 26? Part of this. I mean, he's only been in the league five years. It, if you're doing it now, if, you, if you've agreed to do it through this season, then you got to be a teammate. You can't be like, I don't need this. I don't have to do this. I'm, I'm going to retire. I'm going to sit out if they don't pay me. I don't care. If you're truly like, eh, I don't need it. I might go away at the end of the year. Then wait till it's an appropriate time to talk about it so you don't do a disservice to your teammates. I think he realized he stepped in it pretty quick because he, he put out a tweet right after that. Basically, a, not apologizing, but saying, look, I'm trying to win a Super Bowl. Anything that happens after the season is irrelevant to me. Yeah, which it's clearly not because he made such an effort to get this stuff out there. And I, I agree with you about somebody directing him on this because it's this is obviously calculated. He knows who the ESPN guy is. Yeah. And he, he had multiple media scrums this week. And, I mean, the question never came up, but that doesn't stop. When guys want to say something, a lot of times they'll just bring it up. See, agents a lot of times are really short-sighted. And they underestimate fan reaction to stuff. You know, this might hurt his chances somewhere else down the line. It's not like people are like, well, we don't want Lev Bell because he said that thing. But people are less likely to invest in a back-breaking number for a guy when there are some, uh, some red flags. You, well, know? you know the number's going to have to be above 14.5 because that's the tag, right, next year? Yeah. All right, let's take a quick break, <laughs> and we'll... Uh... <sighs> By the way, 400 carries, that's a little over $36,000 a carry. It's pretty decent. Pretty, pretty good. All right, let's, see. Let's, let's, let's refocus. It's Steeler Friday, for crying out loud. Brett the Diesel Kiesel's on the show, 745. Vince Williams, 805. Rocky Blyer, 845. And NFL Network's Dave Damashek, 950. Ladies and gentlemen, Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah! It's playoffs. All pro Cam Hayward. What's up, man? Good to hear from you guys. Congrats on the all pro. Thank you. I appreciate it. Was that something that, uh, you know, are you kind of of the mind of, oh, well, it's nice, or does it really hold a significant meaning to you? Uh. A little bit of both, um, you know. Well, you know, it, it's a lot of meaning. Um, you know, it signifies a good year. But I understand that's not the only thing that needs to get done this year. So uh, I'm going to put down the back burner for now and think about it later. Compartmentalize it. Yes, sir. Enjoy that later. You got business to do Sunday. Did you uh, when you were watching the Jags Bills game? Were you looking at that game from the perspective of oh, if we play these guys, that's what we have to contend with? If we play these guys, that's what we have to contend with. Or did you just let it play out? I, I honestly just let it play out. Um, you know, you really can't go through all the situations in your head of what's going to happen, and then both teams are going to play you completely different than how they played in that game. Um, so I was at a, a fan's point of view, and then I went back and watched our Jags game after. So I uh, just to familiarize myself <laughs> with what went down. So, uh We'll be ready. Did you learn anything rewatching uh, your Jags game in October, or did it play out pretty much as you remembered it? 
Uh, play out pretty much. Um, for most of the game, we were pretty stout. Um, I know we gave up two or three runs that, you know, were, um, you know, broke the dam and they had that those big rushing totals. But um, I want to say they ran the ball like close to 30, 40 times. So, you know, um, I think they were averaging like 2.5 yards for most of the game and then those rushes really those those three long runs really uh you know broke it open now you guys are you know sack kings in the nfl is there uh a conscious effort this week to try and just get pressure on Bortles, but still keeping in mind that you have to contain that guy because he can beat you with his feet yeah um you know he's very similar to some college quarterbacks and that if his first read's not open, he's going to, you know, try to make a play with his, his feet, um, you know, and he does a good job doing that. So we have to be uh, very sound in our rushing lanes, um, you know, and not give up those uh, those long scrambles. A lot of times it was on third down. So uh, it's going to be very important that we put him in situations where he has to throw the ball and then uh, tackle him before he gets to the line. And what's the risk there, Cam? You have to be so fine with your discipline that it slows you down. Uh, I don't. I don't think it has to slow us down. Um, we just uh, we got to rush smart. You know, we can't get past the quarterback and create running lanes. Or you know, you can't. Uh, if you're going to do a speed rush move, you know, you got to be quick and decisive, uh, and then come back to a, a, a position where you know you can you know play two gaps. Uh, sometimes. Um, when you get too wide and, you know, it creates a hole, um, you know, you become a one-gap player, uh, and then they expose you. Cam Hayward with us right now. So did you watch all four games this past weekend? I watched all three. I didn't watch the Atlanta-Los uh, Angeles game, but uh, I heard it was, uh, it was a crazy game in itself. They were all pretty good. The Mariota oh, yeah. passed to himself. I mean, that was the first time I ever saw anything mm-hmm. like that. Yeah, the crazy part is he got pushed into it. It wasn't even like he was tracking the ball. He was, he threw the ball, and then the defender pushed him a little bit, and then um, Mariota just caught back up to it. Um, you know, it's funny. I I, I texted Coach LeBeau, um just saying, you know, get ready to make some noise in the playoffs. Just don't make too much noise. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I, I think they did enough. <laughs> uh, did you read the ESPN uh, breakdown of the, the Pats' power struggle? I did not. Do you care about it at all? Uh, honestly, don't. Unless it has anything to do with their strength coach, their lunchroom uh, lady, uh, I, I could care less because uh, those dudes are going to be ready to play by the time uh, we see them. Yeah, so you're confident. It's a steelers Pat showdown. I, I don't know. Um, you know, the Tennessee's got a heck of a running, running game, um, and they have a good defense. You know, they their defense, I think, was, you know, top five. So uh, you really don't know who's going to play. Um, all we can do is worry about ourselves uh, and make sure we get to that point. You know, if Tennessee wins, we have another home game. So um, I wouldn't mind uh, having two home games. And what's the stat you said about Nick Saban? And... Oh, Nick's, every time Nick Saban wins, Belichick loses. Yeah. <laughs> you think that's because God? God can only tolerate one jerk at a time. Yeah. <laughs>
Yeah, I saw, <laughs> I saw a stat like that with LeBron, too. It was like every time uh, Nick Saban wins, LeBron wins, too. So um, if we can get two out of three and keep Belichick from winning, I think that's a good sign. Let's just not let Belichick sign LeBron. <laughs> yeah, put LeBron up against me. I'll, I'll be fine. <laughs> a couple of weeks ago, Big Ben said that he wanted to see Jacksonville sort of keying up that he wanted some retribution. Does the defense feel the same way? Of course. Um, as a as a competitor and as a player, um, you know, we know they got the best of us. We know we didn't play our best football. Uh, and, you know, that was a game that we uh, – Felt like we could have done done a lot better. Uh, so what better way to do it in the playoffs? Um, you know, I know a lot of people said Ben got his wish, but you know, why wouldn't you want to play them? Um, you know, to go against the best and you know they'll be uh, have everybody going, uh, and then to have a guy like AB coming back. I think I think everybody's excited. Yeah, Ben said he looked great and he expects great. Did you happen to notice him yesterday, Antonio Brown? Uh, AB just looks like AB. I don't, I don't know great from ungreat because AB has always been uh, pretty consistent in the way he practices. Um, you know, it's just about uh, you know getting back in the shape. And you already see AB's been posting the videos, uh, but it's about getting back in that football shape. So AB's going to do whatever it takes to get ready. So, what about the rust factor that everyone talks about? Is it possible to, to play your first down? rust free or is there an inevitable amount of uh, uh, time that you're going to have to uh, get reacclimated to playing speed i don't think there is a chance for rust because we have been practicing uh pretty hard it's not just like we we took rest uh, we were still practicing so we basically just had a day off um for the guys that didn't practice so uh you know rust you know when you're at this point uh you know, you have to be a professional. You have to be ready, um, and hopefully, rust doesn't come to be a factor. Are you getting caught up in juju mania with the rest of Steeler Nation? <laughs> I, I just like, uh, you know, giving juju a hard time when Ohio State beats USC. Oh, uh, I saw what you made him do, man. That was that wasn't right, but it was great. <laughs> made him no, wear the Ohio State shirt in the locker room. Yeah, juju knew it was coming. Um, you know. Me and Ryan both would have been doing it, but, uh, you know, uh, Juju uh, has a lot of fun, and we think we have a little bit of fun with him, too. He, I can't wait to see how different he is in a couple of years. Right now, you know, he did that reporter thing on the street. Did you see that? John Smith. I did I did see that. <laughs> I saw um, a little bit. I didn't see the whole thing, but I think everybody was catching on to his, his routine. <laughs> and, like, you know, Juju can't hide in Pittsburgh. No, I don't think <laughs> he understands weird. that yet. That wig was too much. No, but now, you know, he was openly, people are like, Juju, that was great. And then he tweets out, tell me what you think I should do next. I'm like, oh, the, how refreshing is it to have this, you know, a rookie who's like, yeah, I'm playing along with everybody. And then, you know, he'll be a grizzled veteran soon enough, and he'll be like, leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I guess you go through that a little bit. But, uh, you know, I think uh, Juju's a heck of a kid. Um, you know, always trying to have fun. Uh, sometimes you got to reel him back in because he's having too much fun. Uh, but it, it's, it's his energy is very infectious. Um, you know, and it, I think it uh, brings another element to our offense. Do you think that his celebrity status has had a positive effect on Martavis? In that it has allowed him to become reacclimated 
without the same kind of spotlight on him. Because people are like, you know, all caught up in juju. So Martavis has been able to sort of, after he got past the initial controversy, just slowly get better every week. Well, I think, uh, you know, as much as we want to say Juju's very immature or likes to have fun, it was a very mature decision of how Juju approached the situation with Martavis. Um, you know, you know, you know, Juju could have, you know, you know, created a burden and, you know, said, no, I want the ball. I want this. I want that. Um, but Juju just went about his business. And I think it allowed Martavis um, to understand that, you know, we don't care how anybody gets the ball or who gets the ball or um, what's done as long as we win. Um, and I think that has allowed Martavis to grow um, and be a better player. But I think, um, you know, the injury to Antonio kind of helped all three of our, you know, starting wide receivers now. You know, you get a guy like Juju, Martellus, Eli Rogers, uh, getting more chances to get the ball. Um, and, you know, Ben's going to have more confidence than you guys. I think it's helped all three of those guys. So that now they know um, as you get in the playoffs and they try to shut down a guy like A.B., you know, we can rely on those guys from here on out. Cam Hayward of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Cam, always a pleasure to talk to you. Looking forward to talking next week about the AFC Championship. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Police in northern Arkansas are looking for a man in his 20s or early 30s. The guy went into a grocery store the other day. He stole a box of tampons by shoving them down his pants. Oh. He got some beer, too, but he paid for that. My guess is he was embarrassed to buy the tampons. Yeah. That's all there is to it. (laughs) Pride won't let me buy these. Tampax phobia. <laughs> I, think I that's won't even real. walk down that aisle. Yeah, I, I never understood real. that. Like, why the would a guy be embarrassed out. by that? It's so clearly not for him. I know, but it's guys get weird if you talk about feminine issues. Good. Well, now that we know that, it's it's best just to at least bring that up if you see somebody in line in front of you with the Tampax. A guy? Or, yeah. Just assume that. The, Are those pretend for you? <laughs> that you think that they're for him. Yeah. Uh, you find those fit you good? <laughs> <laughs> I like the ones with wings myself. <laughs> you like the pearls? Uh... Randy Bauman and the DVE. Well, the weather is brutal uh, all over the country right now. The mudslides of California killing a whole, you know, just dozens of people. 43 people still unaccounted for in California. You have some serious flooding going on here in Pennsylvania, in southwestern Pennsylvania, as you just heard Val say, the most. Road closures due to flooding I don't, you've ever I don't, seen. I don't ever remember it being like this. Wow. Uh, so uh, take care out there today. And uh, the soap opera for the Steelers continues. The latest on Lev Bell's comments that he will retire or sit out next year if the Steelers franchise him just in time for this weekend's playoff run toward uh, another Super Bowl for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And, you know, it, it bears repeating it would it's hard to imagine somebody on the Patriots saying this. But, yeah, but but he's on the Steelers, and right. this fits in perfectly. It really does. It's, it's actually it's timed point. perfectly. Keep it up. It's a good point. Just keep the drama going. It's got a good point. It's, it's kept, I mean, 13 and 3. 13 and 3. <laughs> Soap opera, drama all the way to uh, Minnesota. I wish it was in Alabama. Drama to Alabama. But, I mean, <laughs> the soap opera has been able to propel them to a 13-3 record. Well, look, we're so concerned with a lot of things that are happening here. I mean, the Patriots thing, I guess it holds up in a certain sense, but don't forget this article that just came out about the Patriots is, 
I mean, have we ever had a quarterback that's been so big of a diva that he demanded the the quarterbacks underneath him got traded? I mean, a Steeler quarterback would never do that. <laughs> oh. Big Ben isn't demanding Landry be traded. No. They have their own drama, it's true. But losing James Harris, uh, we got a game. Why are we talking about the Patriots? We got the yeah. Jags. Let's See, this is the trap. This We're the stepping problem. into the trap. We're part of the problem. Pointing the finger at us. All right. Uh, Michael have more on that at the bottom of the hour. Brett the Diesel Kiesel, 745. Vince Williams, 8 o'clock, who has quickly become just uh, 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 a huge fan favorite in light of this past week in the tweet storm. Mm-hmm. that that uh, he produced, which talked about the evolution of his love and friendship for Ryan Shazier. And a really a, a coming of age for him this season. Yeah, no I mean, doubt about it. He's had a hell of a year. He had eight sacks. Rocky Blyer at 845, NFL Network's Dave Damashek, 915. Val's got news now. What's up? Here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Bridgeville Appliance. Periods of rain today. At times, it will be heavy as temperatures fall from the 50s to the 30s this afternoon. That means a wintry mix of ice and freezing rain this evening, changing over to snow with several inches likely by Saturday morning. Brutal cold Saturday, windy too, high of only 20. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. It's 53 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. You mentioned this, Randy. At least 43 people remain unaccounted for after deadly mudslides in Southern California. Santa County, Santa Barbara County Sheriff Bill Brown gave the new figure a search and rescue operations continue around the clock. He also read the list of the names of all 17 confirmed victims in Montecito. Brown called the deaths tragic and said the victims range in age from 3 to 89 years old. The sheriff announced the mandatory evacuation area is being expanded to allow crews to clear roadways. He added the Army Corps of Engineers is bringing in heavy equipment to assist in the difficult operation. Mark Zuckerberg is promising to make your Facebook feed more meaningful by filtering out unwanted content. The CEO said in a Facebook post yesterday the social media site is changing the filter for the news feed to prioritize what friends and family share and reduce the amount of non-advertising content from publishers and brands. Zuckerberg said he is changing the focus of the news feed from helping you find relevant content to helping you have more meaningful social interactions. Facebook has been accused of reinforcing users' views on social and political issues leading to addictive viewing habits. Critics charge Facebook's algorithms may have prioritized misleading news in people's feeds. And just remember, the less time you face you spend on Facebook, the happier happier you will be. That is a proven fact. No question. And the way that they did it, their business model was pretty ingenious. They waited till everybody was on there, over five hundred million people, you know, worldwide, totally addicted to it, and then they went public and now it's filled with advertising and people are sponsoring ads and so the content that you get is not is only you know sort of dedicated to getting promoted through advertising and money right so what you see is based on your demographic and all the information that they have taken from you 
A California couple busted for transporting 60 pounds of weed they said was meant for Christmas presents are back in trouble again. The Gerons, 80-year-old Patrick and his 70-year-old wife Barbara, were picked up Tuesday in rural Nebraska on suspicion of carrying drug money. The Lincoln Journal Star reports the pair were freed from jail Monday after posting bond. Paper reporting the Gerons were passengers in a car stop for illegal tailgating. A drug-sniffing dog was brought in and after reasonable, reasonable suspicion was determined a sheriff's deputy popped the trunk. Police found 18 grand in cash and traces of marijuana. The Gerons are headed to a Nebraska court next week to face new charges. Now, if you don't remember, back in Christmas, uh, at Christmas on the 19th of December, the Gerons were arrested in Nebraska with what officials said was $300,000 worth of pot. The couple reportedly told police they were taking it to family in Vermont and were going to hand it out as Christmas presents. <laughs> That's 60 pounds of Christmas weed. You could just build the tree. You could just, <laughs> yeah. why aren't there presents under the tree? That is the present. Break yeah. off a branch. Smoke in the tree. That, that's what I hope. You know, once legalization finally takes hold, is it eventually will, just economic uh, uh, windfalls sort of dictate that that is going to be the way of the future, much like gambling has just basically mm-hmm. been legalized everywhere. Once that takes hold, it would be great to see a new line of Christmas songs that center around people smoking the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, ten and bud, oh, ten and bud. <laughs> a New York woman got a free pair of thong panties added to the pair of designer jeans she ordered online, but she wasn't happy because she didn't order them. They were dirty and used and stuffed into the pocket of the jeans. Whoa. Christine Evans purchased the $150 Not Your Daughter's Jeans through Nordstrom's <laughs> website. I would hope not. Yeah, and opened geez. her package on Tuesday to find a little extra in the front pocket. She tweeted her displeasure along with a photo of the panties and asked the company for some sort of solution, which the retailer answered by offering to send her a new pair of jeans. She said, well, that's not good enough, calling the reply appalling customer service, adding that as a nurse, the numerous amount of health hazards the issue presents is astounding. Nordstrom says it plans to work with Evans to make things right. A flock of seagulls is set to lead a lineup of 80s-era MTV superstars on the upcoming cross-country Lost 80s live tour. The 30-city trek will also include Wang Chung, Men Without Hats, The Romantics, Missing Persons, Animotion, The Motels, Tommy Two-Tone, and a bunch of others. First eight dates on the tour announced so far get underway August 3rd at Coney Island and wrap September 6th in Pomona. No Pittsburgh date announced yet. And another 80s star, Rick Springfield, is out promoting his new bluesy album, The Snake King. And he's opening up about a dark time in his personal life. In a recent interview, the Jesse's Girl singer was asked if music was a balm when darkness is on your back. The singer mentioned his song Suicide Manifesto and confessed he had come really close to committing suicide himself. Specifically, he said, quote, last year I was close to it, really, really close to it, end quote. Wow. Springfield says he has been suffering some from depression since he was a teenager. Did, did, was the question really phrased... Is music a balm when there's darkness on your back? Balm. That's a quote, yes. That's better than any lyric Rick Springfield ever wrote. That's a great... Unless they're quoting a Rick Springfield No, he, he he was asked that question. Unless that person was quoting from one of That's his songs. That's what I'm songs. saying. Yeah, That's a, it's, quite a, uh, it's quite a lyric. Quite a, uh, quite a phrase. A balm when darkness is on your back? The DV Morning Show. A balm. When darkness is on your back. <laughs> Listen, we were all doing our first interview one day, right? And we tried really hard. I always try too hard, but still, yeah. that's that's a really, that's a real. I have cool to one. keep that in my front pocket, like a scrunched up 
pair of undies <laughs> for the next time I get interviewed. Uh, one of the services that I use to get news and stories and sound and all that kind of stuff, they use Sticks guitarist James J.Y. Young as their football correspondent. For yeah. lack of a better word, they also use, they use Getty Lee for baseball because he's a huge baseball fan. Well, J.Y. picking the black and gold to beat the Jaguars this Sunday. Jacksonville has got a tough defense, and they took a tough to the Steelers earlier in the years and tons of interceptions at that point. But I think the Steelers by a touchdown. You better pick the Steelers. Yeah, you better. Yeah. Sick of being Sticks. disrespected by Sticks. Guitarist. <laughs> It's the first time anyone's ever said that. <laughs> Dennis DeYoung said it all oh, Okay, that's true. It's excellent point. Excellent point. Forecast today, there is a winter storm warning from 4 p.m. today till 10 a.m. Saturday. Temperatures will drop into the 30s this afternoon. Rain going to mix with sleet and freezing rain tonight. It will change to all snow overnight. We're expected to get several inches of snow on top of that ice. Uh, it's 54 now at DVE. Sean Collier from Pittsburgh Magazine uh, here. It's award season, Sean, and mm-hmm. Sean, uh, movie reviewer uh, uh, for Pittsburgh Magazine. Some good ones. I've, I, you know, th- this year I've watched more than most every other year because they made it a lot easier to screen. Yes, uh, movies for at least for us for uh, for our uh, SAG after union members, it's become a lot simpler. Um, and there are a good number that I really like this year, and you're talking about one of them at least that I love, and uh, the post is one I'm anxious to hear about. Yeah, the post. You know, I think a few years ago, the post would not have been made. Is this is a movie that basically the, the argument of the post is that a free press is important and it's good when journalists uncover the truth and if the government tries to say the press shouldn't be able to do what they want, that's a bad thing. And even two years ago, that was a painfully obvious point that no one needed to make. Today, apparently, this is a controversial opinion that <laughs> needs to be reasserted. So much so that we needed Steven Spielberg, Meryl Streep, and Tom Hanks to do it. They are perhaps the best three people in the world at making movie viewers feel ways about things. That's who we need to make this point. The press is good. What will Spielberg be making 10 years from now? Well, it's 2028, and Steven Spielberg has a new film. It's called, I Guess I Have to Remind Everyone Not to Murder Each Other, The Movie. (laughs) Here we are. The Post, uh, of course, tells the story of the Washington Post's struggle to publish information from the Pentagon Papers, a series of leaked government documents detailing the government cover-up of uh, details about the war in Vietnam. This happened uh, when uh, the paper was having some instability, so they were taking a big risk because the Nixon White House was prosecuting papers who published this information. It uh, It's kind of an of course it's good movie. Meryl Streep is good. Tom Hanks is good. The supporting cast is really great. It has Bob Odenkirk, Alison Brie, Bradley Whitford, Sarah Paulson, many, many more. Wow. They're all very good. It has all of the Spielberg people, his cinematographer. It has a John Williams score like you expect. By the way, to steal uh, a joke from uh, uh, Mike Nelson, one of the old Mystery Science Theater guys, oh, yeah. uh, uh, you know what you do when you have a movie is you go to Mike or to go to John Williams Generator dot com and type in what your movie's about, and then it spits out the exact same theme every single time, ignoring <laughs> what you said entirely. Uh, it's funny. The post uh, <laughs> the post is not perfect. It wasn't one of my top ten movies, uh, largely because I think it just suffers in comparison to Spotlight. 
which was just a couple of years ago. Same kind of movie. It was the same kind of thing, and Spotlight was just done a little bit better in every way. But with these people involved, you know what you're going to get. You know it's going to be a very well-made and very enjoyable film. Uh, uh, and it does the, everything it does quite well. I think you'll enjoy it. It's almost like it's a victim of its own uh, casting. Because yeah. you expect so much if you put, you know, it's like a dream team. Oh, yeah. You oh, know, yeah. It, it, if it's not the best thing ever made, then it's a letdown. One of my reactions to it was, this, this is good. It's weird that it's a Spielberg movie with all of these movie stars. It almost feels like, you know, it's kind of a point about tough editorial board decisions it almost feels like oh this would be a nice small indie with you know one up-and-coming well, star to your point think of how much worse munich would have been had he used all huge american stars oh, in yeah. those roles that's kind of what it is it's and kind of using the using the full tank to knock down a fence is mm-hmm. is tom hanks pay, playing uh, ben bradley he is, is yeah that, okay uh, and very good and meryl streep's very very good how could they not be all right, let's go on to I, Tonya, because I love I, Tonya. Yeah, it, it's, actually a, it's actually the best movie coming out this weekend. I don't think that it's based in a reality. I don't think that it's the 100% true story of what happened. It is a super fun movie, although wickedly dark. You know, It's hard to say that with all the violence that it's fun. Yeah. But that's, that's the most impressive thing about it to me. This is not a, like a drama. This is a comedy and a drama. You know, if if you know the Tanya Harding story, it's a comedy on the surface. This, this is a story about Olympic figure skating, perhaps the most fancy of all the non-equestrian yeah. sports, where a foul-mouthed, badass skater lady ended up swept out of the sport because her doofus ex-husband hired a bumbling Midwestern potato man who he believed knew black ops, who then hired even dumber men to (laughs) ineffectively whack a competitor's knee with a baton, an attack so devastating it didn't even knock Kerrigan out of the games, which is inherently hilarious. And everyone in the movie, especially Margot Robbie and Allison Janney, knows how to do those funny moments. But by the end of it, I was kind of convinced that Tanya Harding's life was sort of this big Greek tragedy where her upbringing and circumstances eventually brought her down. It, it's it's a really impressive movie that did both of those things. Uh, and beyond that, wow, was that cast perfect. Uh, the guy wait to see it. who plays the bodyguard, I hope I see him. It's It's one of the best comedic uh, performances I've seen in a long time because it's very nuanced, but it is awesome. He He's a guy that feels like he should have been in, you know, Will Ferrell comedies and yes. Seth Rogen comedies forever. His name is, I didn't stall long. And who was he? Paul Walter Hauser. That's it. Who has not done a whole lot. You know, he was in super, he's, he's going to be in super troopers too. So maybe that'll be the mm-hmm. test of, yeah. uh, of his comedy, comedic chops. He, he, he was kind of understated at the beginning of the movie. And by the end, you're like, wait a minute, was that character really that crazy? And then and when he you, was, and he was, when you watch the credits in I, Tonya, they go back and show you interviews with all the real people that were involved, all the players. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love and it. that guy was really exactly how they show him. He, he claims to have been trained in international spy and terrorism. And like he, he thinks he's James Bond and he lives with his parents. He went on, I think, he would talk to Barbara Walters 
and said, and you see this clip at the end, I, my training is in counterterrorism, That's black it. ops. Like, no. Yeah. <laughs> I don't you, trust you to clean the tub. Yeah. Did Where'd you, you watch any training? of the, uh, played a lot of Wolfenstein. the yeah. ABC News special last night with Tonya Harding? No. I, I don't know why I got sucked into it. Wasn't it? It was like an hour it was a two special. Hours. No, it was oh two hours. They, and they really much. revealed nothing new. Yeah. They did two hours. New York Times had a long piece earlier this week. The culture is kind of collectively going, hey, sorry about that. Yeah, we but I don't know that they nuts. should. I, I don't know. I, I'm not 100%. Yeah, maybe we could have understood better that she had a tough upbringing. But, like, look, there's no doubt she was complicit in one of the most ridiculous oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, schemes in the history of sports. It's the, the and the movie. Eh, I won't spoil it. The movie kind of interestingly takes both takes on it. It presents it as if it happened one way, and deliberately throws in this piece of evidence that's like, oh wait. Oh, it constantly shows both sides of the story. Yeah. I, like it'll it'll have a scene playing from two different vantage points. You'll see it back to back. And, you, you know, I guess it's up to you to decide how it really went down, which is a good device for the mm-hmm. filmmaker to use because, like, well, I, I can't tell which one of these guys is really yeah, telling the truth. We'll film let's it show, both ways. Yeah, we'll, let's show both sides. Uh, uh, and and the, the opening crawl says, based on wildly self-contradictory interviews. Yeah. Uh, you know. <laughs> um, all right. So quickly, the commuter. Quickly. Yeah. Liam Neeson's in trouble again. Okay. Uh, that's it. Thanks. Sean yeah, Collier, exactly. Pittsburgh Magazine. <laughs> All right, it's Steeler Friday. Steelers and Jags, 1 o'clock Sunday, Heinz Field, temperature 18 degrees. And I, I have to tell you, by now, you, you know the soap opera, the latest plot twist in the Steelers soap opera of a season. Could be the last Le'Veon Bell Steelers Friday. Le'Veon Bell proclaiming he would uh, either sit out or retire if the Steelers franchise him again at the end of the season. Now, this pisses me off. They would consider it. This pisses me off because it completely, completely overshadows the fact that they announced John Oates is going to sing the anthem on Sunday. (laughs) And this is unfair to John Oates. It really is. Where's he get off overshadowing Oates like this? You don't do that to Oates. I mean, it is really easy to overshadow Oates because he's (laughs) tiny in stature. That's what I said yesterday. Stand people, next to him. You'll overshadow him. If you, if people kneeling for the anthem on Sunday might just want to look Oates in the eye. That's all. But, uh, Mike's got uh, the latest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Le'Veon Bell uh, told Jeremy Fowler of ESPN.com yesterday that uh, he would definitely consider either sitting out next year or retiring altogether if he gets franchise tagged again by the Steelers. Uh, there's a lot of quotes that uh, will blow you away in terms of uh, their uh, – Inappropriate timing, given that uh, the Steelers open the playoffs on Sunday. Uh, he has played exceptionally well. He's a first-team All-Pro. Uh, his effort is not ever questioned. Ever. But this is bizarre that uh, he would cho- chose to go, that he would choose to go where he did when he did. Uh, it fits right in with the Steelers' theme. I'll leave it at that. Uh, we can we can debate it after the season. There is a playoff game to play on Sunday. And uh, Stefan Tuitt, who did not practice yesterday after suffering an elbow injury on Wednesday, anticipates playing in it on Sunday against Jacksonville. Oh, I'll be good. Just like a practice neck, neck injury. So we just wanted to make sure it was, everything was fine. Everything came back clean. So I'll be ready to go tomorrow. I'll be ready to put my pads back on tomorrow and get after it. 
Yeah, so Tua thinks he's playing, and uh, Artie Burns, uh, not as adamant, but uh, likewise optimistic that the knee injury he suffered on Wednesday won't keep him out on Sunday. Uh, yeah, hopefully, you know, if everything go high, I don't expect it to go. You know, once I just make it through the week, you know, as healthy as I can, and then uh, be prepared for Sunday. Burns said he had a hyperextended knee via an MRI uh, that was conducted on Wednesday. Uh, Antonio Brown, full participant for the Steelers for a second consecutive day, coming back from that calf injury. The only thing that's going to slow him down would be a setback, which he hasn't had yet. Um, B.J. Finney, backup offensive lineman, upgraded from limited participation to full, dealing with a thigh injury. And in addition to the injury report yesterday, Nose tackle Javon Hargrave uh, was added as it did not participate with a back. Hopefully that's uh, nothing too concerning. Jacksonville is getting healthier. Three guys who didn't practice on Wednesday, nickel cornerback Aaron Colvin, starting linebacker Telvin Smith, and starting linebacker Paul Pazlozny all upgraded to limited. Uh, Fullback Tommy Bohannon limited to full. Tight end Mercedes Lewis limited to full. And uh, defensive lineman Aubrey Jones limited to full. So uh, the Jaguars are uh, getting their house in order as well. And uh, we shall see what we see on Sunday. If we see what we expect to, it'll be Jacksonville trying to run the ball and Pittsburgh trying to stop the run. Defensive coordinator Keith Butler aware that the Steelers gave up 231 rushing yards to the Jaguars back in October, and that's something they'll have to deal with. Although the first time – it wasn't a disaster in Butler's estimation, more a matter of uh, a couple, three splash plays that skewered the numbers. We gave up a couple runs, well, no more than a couple. We gave up three runs that really the, were the majority of, of the yardage they got from. You know, one was the 90-yard run at the end. We just guessed on that. We didn't fit where we were supposed to fit. They were just trying to make a play. And uh, instead, of, instead of doing what they're supposed to do, uh, and a couple times they got outside on us a couple times because we didn't we didn't set edges and, and uh, we got to be able to do that against them. I get that the ninety yarder bloated things a little bit mathematically, but I think there's a little bit of a revisionist history type attitude as the Steelers look back on that game. He just said they gave up three runs. I'll give you four alone in that fourth quarter drive. Uh, we talked about it this week. It bears repeating. Jacksonville was up by 11 with 14.50 left in the fourth quarter. The Jaguars got the ball on their four-yard line, ran it 12 consecutive times all the way to the Steelers' 29, then kicked a field goal that gave Jacksonville a two-touchdown lead at 23-9. And it also used up eight minutes and seven seconds of the fourth quarter, more than half the quarter. On that march, Jacksonville had runs of 13, 11, 12, and 19 yards. So there's four right there without the 90-yarder. You can't let a team take the ball at a critical juncture of the game and shove it down your throat and assume complete control. When that's all they've been doing, when right? That, I mean, they were already one-dimensional. And it happened again last Sunday. Jacksonville and Buffalo were tied at three in the third quarter. Jacksonville got the ball on the 14. 15 plays, 86 yards in 8.52. Blake Bortles only threw the ball three times on that drive. This team is capable at times in a game of dictating its will. And uh, you got to be able to deal with that. Safety Mike Mitchell uh, knows the Steelers have to do things a little bit differently this time than they did last time if they're going to deal with that. 
play better, tackle better, um, be more disciplined. Um, a, a lot of the times, and I'm trying to be as humble as I can, when we're doing things that are not characteristics, I mean, I do. those guys get paid too, so I don't want to act like they're not good players. But a lot of the times it's our mistakes. Um, and I've said this, God, I don't know how many years I've been saying it, when we don't beat our own behind, it's really tough for other people to do it. Um, like I said, I still got to give them credit, but a lot of our mistakes come from us. I think when we don't do those things, we're fine. For that, uh, yeah, it was only a couple of plays, theory from Keith Butler, Cam Hayward, Mike Mitchell. It was more than a couple plays. So you think that that uh, might be a little bit uh, of uh, a delusion that could hurt them if they think that they don't really need to worry about too much other than stopping the big splash play from happening? Yes, I do. I, I think so they, they think it was an anomaly instead of a systematic yes. beatdown. Yeah. I mean... And if you look at the numbers since since Ryan Shazier got hurt, they're up around 20 to 21 yards more rushing yards per game allowed than they had been prior to that point. And this, this is a team that's going to run the ball. Uh, last Sunday against Buffalo, Jacksonville finished with 155 yards rushing. Now, Leonard Fournette only had 57 on 21 carries, only averaged 2.7 a carry. But Blake Bortles repeatedly hurt them with his running for uh, 88 yards. doesn't matter who gets it or whether it comes in a big bunch or a little bit at a time. It's it's the totality of it that, that is going to decide the fate of the Jacksonville offense. You cannot let these guys run the ball. could not be more simple than that. And they're not a threat. You know, it's not like you're trying to stop Tom Brady throwing it while you're trying to stop Deion Lewis running it. Did you see what Ryan O'Halloran told us yesterday that that Fournette looks like he slowed down and sort of felt the wear and tear of a rookie season? I heard it. Did you see it He's, when you when you went back and looked at the game? Sunday against, game, against, yeah, against the Bills. I mean, it looked like a fifty-seven yard effort, but he got over twenty carries. And he's also in the passing game. And if you're loaded up on him and you let Bortles escape, does it matter? I think he's capable. I I think there's something to that. He is a rookie. It's it's the end of a long year. But he's going to get the ball, and they're going to have to deal with him. One of the greatest all-time Pittsburgh Steelers, Brett the Diesel Kiesel, joins us when we return. And we got a whole bunch of them coming up for you this morning. Vince Williams at the top of the hour. Rocky Blyer, 845. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network, 915. Steeler Friday, Steelers Jags, Sunday, 1 o'clock. Win tickets, uh, hotel accommodations, dinner for two, and a $100 gift card at the Steelers gift shop at dbe.com right now. Go take the Steelers season quiz, and you're eligible to win all of that right now. Steelers Jags, Sunday, 1 o'clock, and you can hear it all here on dbe.com. It's the DVE Morning Show. Your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Joining us right now, a man who is no stranger to the pressures of postseason play, to the confines of Heinz Field, to the cold of the postseason, Brett. The Diesel Kiesel. 99's on the show, ladies and gentlemen. What's up, man? Steelers, here we go. Keys. I mean, 18 18 degrees for the high on Sunday. 
18. Oh, it's Steeler weather, baby. Steeler yeah. weather. <laughs> it's going to be awesome, man. These guys, you know, they worked their tails off all year to get to this moment, and it's here. It's I'll- time to shine. It's time to put up or shut up. Yesterday when you you and I were talking and you unprompted just go, man, it, it, we're the only ones that can beat ourselves. Actually, it was the first thing. I was like, what's up, man? You're like, we're the only people who can beat ourselves. <laughs> like, like, you just, you're just so, you're just so top of you're mind as to like, this is what needs to happen and nobody can hurt, hurt us but ourselves. Like, if we get in our way. Did Lev Bell's comments create a stumbling block yesterday if you're in that locker room? I don't think so. You know, these guys have been kind of going through these things all year on what's been <laughs> said, what's happened, who's been in, who's been out. Right. Um, they've kind of dealt with it all year with, like, like water down a duck's back, just let it roll off. And yeah. uh, I think hopefully that's the mindset they're in. They know, just like I said, that they've worked their tails off, man. They've they put in the time in the off season. They know they have the team. They know they have the squad. They know they've got great players all around. And it's just time for all of those guys, especially the A players. You know, you talk about the A players, the pro bowlers, the uh, all pro guys. Like, those guys have got to take their game to that elite level. And once you do that and have a collective bunch of guys that do that, Man, you're an unstoppable motion. No matter what happens during the game, you are ready and prepared and can handle any situation like water down a duck's back. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I like it. Mike, go ahead. Uh, Brett, the Ryan Shazier saga has been front and center on everybody's mind since December, but he made uh, a return to practice this week. Uh, Is that just good for him, or does the team feed off of that somehow? Well, I've, since his injury and, uh, you know, during this whole time, I've thought a lot about Ryan and, uh, and certainly not to trivialize it or, you know, no, no, I, I'm, but he is, uh, he is around, he is back involved now. And I wonder, does that matter? It's absolutely for the guys to see him, uh, you know, it makes, it cuts the football life that they live in and constantly breathe and they're in that building all the time it cuts that air and they look at him and can see you know the real real life side on the other side and the you know the game that they're playing and the things that they're doing it puts that real life and 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 football together and if that makes sense but ryan um is going to inspire them in a way that, uh, you know, a lot of other teams, well, no other team has. Um, you know, and I, I thought about it thinking about, you know, what we went through with trying to get it's different scenarios, but when a team is inspired, when they have something that moves them, you find that extra gear, you find that extra level, you find that, um, you know, level of play that, can carry you when the times are tough and um you know it's different but we had it with jerome really really wanting to have that scenario of taking him to detroit and you know letting him go out the way everyone around the league wanted him to essentially because he meant so much to our team and meant so much to the league and um, you know, it was it was picture perfect and then our our other Super Bowl we won um, you talk about Aaron Smith and 
what he was going through with Elijah and how that just totally roped our team together. And, you know, if you have kind of that extra desire, that extra motivation, it's amazing where it can take you. And, um, you know, Ryan's doing great. He's going to, he's going to get back and, and, uh, heal. And, uh, he's lucky because in that locker room, we're a family. And so we have his back and, you know, he, he understands that. And it's so great for him to get down and be a part of the, the practice and all those things because that's what we're used to doing and and uh, we feel at home when we're doing those things so it was awesome to see him get back there and and uh, I'm just really excited for these guys right now and their opportunity uh, you know you talk about things in the present tense and you, like you're a part of this team right now and I I think you you know every Steeler fan agrees you are forever a Pittsburgh Steeler. So you're like talking about the locker room like yeah, you know I bleed black and gold. I know. You know I bleed black and gold. I, uh, so, so well that's what yeah. I wanted to ask you about your 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 good friend James Harrison cutting ranks. Like yeah. did that hurt you Whoa. personally to it see cut. him go there? It cut. Yeah, it cut. But <laughs> it's at the same time I understand the business and I understand how it works and I understand that James works his tail off uh, like nobody else and wants to play. And so I understand being in the latter part of your career and, you know, you've, you've, all of your career you've been out there dogging people, like working people, and all of a sudden, you know, you're watching. Yeah. And that's a hard pill to swallow, especially when you're putting the work in during the week. But, um you know, the business side of it, we sometimes forget. Well, you were in and the airport ready to join another team. <laughs> I was. I was on my way to Arizona. And I, I flew out there, and this kind of happened when I had a layover, you know, where it was like, we can make this work here at home, which ultimately, of course, is what I wanted and my family wanted. And... Um, it's just one of those things where it's kind of the business side of it. That's where it goes. You know, it's leveraging and those types of things happen all over the league. Yeah. I'm uh, real happy that didn't happen though. Oh, yeah. Arizona is way too hot for your beard. <laughs> way too hot. I would have been so sweaty, Bill. Speaking <laughs> of the beard, it's time once again, shear the beard. Is this five? Eight. Eight. The beard, eight. Can you believe that? Five, eight. I said. Eight. Oh, so, my. Yeah, I'm so pumped. Uh, it's great to announce it again here on DVE, who have been such great supporters of it. Randy, you've hosted every single one. I I'll love you, buddy. I'll be Thank doing this so one. Much. Yeah, yeah, I'll figure it out. I'll get there. <laughs> and uh, But, yeah, it, we, we had a lot of requests for a Friday, so... You know, people can come and have a good time and not have to worry about getting up early for work the next day. But it's February 16th um, nice. with the Jurgles Rhythm Grill again, which is, they're amazing. Um, you can get tickets at com. So, yeah, it's going to be amazing. This year I was uh, I was in an event in Nemecolon, and the old 2-9er was up there with me, and he had... You know, I saw his beard on TV and threw out their back-to-back Stanley Cup championship seasons. 
you can see he's got a legit beard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I had never done this before, you know, asked someone about maybe coming on board and letting me shave someone for a chance. Nice. Oh, nice. Yeah. So, so the old Borky's been growing his beard out all year long, and uh, I'm going to take the Clippers to him. Nice. And the old two niners. I like it. You're shearing the Bork. It's going to be a dual <laughs> shave, a Bork and Brett shave. <laughs> but uh, it's going to be great. We're going to have great entertainment. Totally 80s is going to come and play. And then they're great. Following oh, the yeah, event, they're, awesome. they're going to stay there and play. So we can all just stay there and rock out even after the beard is gone. Now, uh, Brett, it, uh, it, it bears repeating that you have raised a lot of money for Children's Hospital of Pittsburgh and uh, corresponding charities through this event. Do, do you have an idea of the total amount of money that shaving your beard has brought in? Uh, this year, I, I know we should. Uh, it, it'll be over half a million. <laughs> wow. That's so, so awesome. That it's so such cool, a credit man. to the fans. Um, you know, the fans supported every year, uh, our sponsors supported every year, sports clips, um, Eaton Park, Mascaro mm-hmm. Construction, the Play It Forward campaign, um, they all support it. And each year it continues to grow, and that's that. it just amazes me, you know. Every year we do better than the year before, yeah. and it's a tribute to the fans who support it and come and, and make it, what it is and thanks to you randy and and dve because i know you guys promote it and get the word out for people to come but it really means a lot to me and it's a way uh, honestly i have gotten so much from the kids and relationships that i've met at children's hospital that it's a way for me to say thank you you know and um because they are warriors, man, and they are tough, and they are strong, and it's amazing the things that they overcome. And it just inspires me each and every year, and I just appreciate everyone who has uh, really helped make it what it is. Get your tickets now. Jurgles' website has them. That's right, jurgles.com. All right, Shear the Beard 8. February 16th. The beard goes for two this year. (laughs) That's right. It's going to be an all-star studded event at Jurgles. Double bill. And it's a Friday night this time, so uh, we get to really let loose. Brett, uh, hopefully we'll be hoisting the Lombardi Trophy at the Shear the Beard 8 this year. Well, yeah. You know, we are so fortunate in this city Uh, the pens run was amazing the back-to-back cup championships i mean that was awesome and those guys have made it so huge you know last year hbk came with sean michael yeah that was great and uh dana (laughs) heinze our good buddy there with the he's the best always gives us a bunch of great stuff to uh auction off and um he's just amazing so the pens have been great but man wouldn't that be Awesome to have a Lombardi there that we could kiss and uh, hoist up in the air. Uh, It's time, man. It's time. And I don't want to forget the King Donnie will be there. Yeah. King Cool. You know, King Cool is going to be there. And uh, Chris Jameson, my good friend that I've got to meet, who was on The Voice. Yeah, he's uh, he's great. Come and sing, too. So. It's going to be an awesome night. We'll kiss some Lombardis. We'll kiss some Stanley Cups, and we'll party. Great. Share the beard eight.
Jurgles, February 16th. We'll see you there. Brett the Diesel Kiesel, ladies and gentlemen, this morning on DVE. Vince Williams is next. We're going to go to commercial and come back, and we'll talk to Vince. Keys, thanks so much. Love you guys. Thank Love you. Be back, brother. We'll see you when we come back. Vince Williams joins us to talk Steelers Jags on your home of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 DVE. Sorry, we got no solution for that. We got a bad mic in studio. That's all I was saying. Yes. Vince Williams, when we come back in just a moment. Also, Brandon T. Jackson is at the Improv. He was uh, Al Pacino in Tropic Thunder. Rocky Blyer, 845. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Lots more to come on D. On the 19th of December, the Gerons were arrested in Nebraska with what officials said was $300,000 worth of pot. The couple reportedly told police they were taking it to family in Vermont and were going to hand it out as Christmas presents. <laughs> At 60 pounds of Christmas weed, you could just build the tree. You could just, yeah. why aren't there presents under the tree? That is the present. Yeah. Break off a branch. Smoke in the tree. That, that's what I hope. You know, once legalization finally takes hold, is it eventually will, just economic uh, uh, windfalls sort of dictate that that is going to be the way of the future. Much like gambling has just basically mm-hmm. been legalized everywhere. Once that takes hold, it would be great to see a new line of Christmas songs that center around people smoking the Christmas tree. <laughs> oh, ten and bud, oh, ten <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. You can win playoff tickets to this Sunday's matchup. Dinner for two, overnight accommodations, and a $100 gift card for the Steelers Pro Shop at DVE.com right now. Take the Steelers season quiz, ace it, and then you're in the running with all the other people. Deadline's 9 a.m. Oh, so you got 52 minutes. Um, You sounded so excited saying that. Deadline. (laughs) You Margot Tannenbaum that one. (laughs) Just wanted to slip that in. Deadline's at 9 (laughs) a.m. I've been told that. (laughs) Uh, Brocky, not Brocky, Rocky Blyer coming up 845. Dave Damashek with a can't miss check report. Looking ahead at this game uh, Sunday, Jacksonville. Coming into town, once again, Lev Bell sparking all kinds of controversy yesterday with his comments that he will, or he might, retire or sit out if the Steelers franchise him again. The soap opera continues. Val has a quick news update as we wait for uh, Vince Williams, for Vince to join us, DV. All right, just give me the high sign when he's on. Uh, here's, the, here's the Channel 11 Severe Weather Center forecast brought to us by Dormont Appliance. Periods of rain today. At times, it will be heavy as temperatures fall from the 50s to the 30s this afternoon. That means a wintry mix of ice and freezing rain this evening, changing over to snow with several inches likely by Saturday morning. Brutal cold Saturday, windy too, high of only 20. I'm Scott Harbaugh on Severe Weather Center 11. So we had a nice little spring break yesterday, and now it's back. Yeah, hopefully you got your Christmas decorations taken down. I didn't. (laughs) Well, enjoy the lights for the next few days, because you aren't going to want to take them down. It's 53 degrees now at DVE. I'm Val Porter. One of the youngest victims of the Sutherland Springs church shooting is back home. Ryland Ward was released from a San Antonio hospital yesterday and was given a ride home in a big, shiny red fire truck. TV reports say the five-year-old got the ride after receiving a promise from Stockdale firefighters who responded to last year's attack. Ward's mother and two sisters, along with 23 others, were killed in that shooting. Forgot all about that. Like, don't even it's like a blip a blip like i don't have any recall of it or anything beyond the headlines that it happened Mm -hmm. 
Former White House advisor Steve Bannon is set to appear before the House Intelligence Committee next week as part of its investigation into Russian meddling in the 2016 election. According to Reuters, Tuesday's closed-door testimony will focus on Bannon's work with the campaign and not his time in the West Wing. Multiple reports say Bannon has hired a prominent Washington, D.C. lawyer in preparation for that interview. Every time I hear Russian meddling, I think they did good in the Olympics. Mm -hmm. (laughs) A lot of golds. Actually, they're not going to be in this Olympics. I'm sure everyone's comfortable because Bannon isn't jaded and out for revenge at all. He has no reason to Mm-mm. suddenly flip on everyone. Now, he knows he's coming back around, that this is a temporary, uh, he's in the do-better chair, and that's about it. it mm-hmm. I mean, yesterday, seriously, he probably got an erection for the first time in the last 10 years <laughs> when <laughs> Trump said s-hole about uh, all those countries. Can you not ever say Bannon and erection in the same sentence again? <laughs> Do you think when he uh, wears prophylactics, he wears two of them? Like he wears shirts? <laughs> <laughs> yes, and they button. Yeah, yeah. he's got bu- his condoms button. Button yeah. for her yeah. pleasure. Uh, <laughs> button for her button. Uh. <laughs> and President Trump will be in our area next week. He's going okay. on the stump for a Republican aiming for Tim Murphy's seat in Congress. It's reported he'll visit a manufacturing plant just outside the city next Thursday to show show his support for Rick Saccone. Saccone is facing Democrat Connor Lamb in a special election on March 13th. The two hope to replace former U.S. Rep. Tim Murphy in the 18th Congressional District. Murphy, a pro-lifer, stepped down after accusations surfaced that he pressured his mistress to get an abortion. How about, yeah, uh, again, that story was completely ridiculous. But we talked about the S-hole comments yesterday, which basically dominated the news last night. Mm-hmm. Uh does anything surprise you anymore, or will it like? No. How long do you think we'll talk about the asshole thing? Are we already done with oh, it? Oh, it'll be done. Is, today, was it a six-hour thing where the president is com- says some completely racist stuff, and we're like, "Yeah, that's our racist president," he'll, and then we move on? He'll throw another hand grenade today. He already did. He woke up this morning. He's already tweeting about his trip to London and why he's not going. It's Obama's fault. Yeah. 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 It was just last. Thanks, Obama. Last night's reminder that. Uh, his understanding of other countries and cultures is mostly based on Looney Tunes cartoons you need to put a disclaimer in front of now. Yeah. That's how he picks up on what things are like in other places. Yes. Be like the... Pre- well, jeez. Yeah. It just... It's unbelievable. A new low every day. Val, how many puppy websites are you visiting <laughs> per day right now? That's how you can tell the Richter scale for uh, emotional distress for Val is... How many uh, visits to uh, puppies.com yeah. you make? Chewed emergency is on her speed dial. <laughs> Enlisted military personnel have the most stressful jobs around. It's at the top of careercast.com's annual list of the most stressful professions. After the military, firefighters, airline pilots, police officers, and event coordinators are the most... Str- I mean, I know you have a stressful job, but no Is Franck is- from Father of the Bride a... Uh, <laughs> Nobody's life is at stake here. A Green Beret event planner? Report. No, but those people are a nervous wreck because every, every event is... It's everything. I get it. I understand. It doesn't quite compare to a firefighter or a police officer. Not at all. <laughs> Forecast today, rain temperature is going to drop into the 30s this afternoon. Rain will mix with sleet and freezing rain. We are expected once it changes to snow overnight to get several inches. Unless something at your event catches fire and then, you know, it's debatable. Vince Williams joining us right now on the DVE Morning Show. Steelers Jag Sunday, 1 o'clock. What's up, man? How are you? 
I'm good, man. How you doing? Doing all right. Let me let me ask you something. Uh, we just got done talking to Kiesel, and you've been very vocal about how Ryan Shazier has inspired you in the wake of his injury and before that. The the tweet thread that you composed earlier this week was pretty awesome. Was pretty awesome and and, uh, and illuminating. And I'm wondering, you saw Ryan at practice the other day, and to see him there in a wheelchair, how how will he specifically inspire you? How does he inspire you going forward? Is this something that you think about leading up to the game and then for 60 minutes it's out of mind, or is this always in your mind? I mean, that's the way I look at it. It's not so much everybody wants to use Ryan as a muse or a source of motivation, and you know, to us that's not really what it is. Like, we're motivated to play the game of football because we love football. We don't really need any outside influences to inspire us. But what Ryan does for me is just seeing a friend that loves the game of football and that's not able to play, you know, that in itself is kind of like, I guess you could say it's a motivation. It doesn't really motivate me to play better. It just keeps things in perspective for me. Like, it reminds me that, you know, you got to take it uh, you got to take everything that you do very seriously on the football field because at any moment, you know, it could be taken away from So, Sunday... Ryan Shazier will be top of mind, as you said. Uh, Mike Pursuti here with us in studio with a question for Vince. Yeah, Vince, I was just wondering uh, along those lines, uh, Mike Mitchell said something recently about uh, Ryan showed what he's willing to give up for us. We have to be willing to give up for him. Uh, you guys take that on every day, and, and I wonder how you – is that harder to deal with when, when you see something happen to a teammate? Do, do the risks become more real does the, the danger of playing the game become more of a consideration? Yeah, I mean, it's not it's not so much that we're giving it up for him. It's just that that's what you do when you play football. You know what I mean? You, you, you put it on the line. I think a lot of people this year, especially especially in that Cincinnati game, really got a taste of how graphic, you know, football can be. Even in the NFL, like, you know, we need to make some changes. We need to make some safety changes. And I think people just got a live look at a big game and how violent this game could be. So, you know, just taking that risk and going out there just for entertainment's sake, you know, you got to be willing to, you know, pay that price. Vince, you've had such a great year this year stepping up, filling the shoes of, of Lawrence Timmons. I read an article recently where you said that you almost like it. You like showing the haters. You like proving them wrong almost more than you love showing the people that were there to support you that you could do it. Talk a little bit about that. Uh, well, you know, I caught a lot of heat. You know, a lot of people, uh, I felt like it was disrespectful. Nobody really believed in me at all, except for the people in the Steelers organization. And I'm okay with that, but it just feels great now to play and to have people write me on Twitter and be like, oh, man, you know, I was one of the people that doubted you. I didn't think you could do it. And I'm like, well, I mean, it sucks to be you, bro, but, you know, I've always been good. I've always been a competitor. And, I mean, I don't think I'm being a jerk or arrogant when I say I knew I could contribute to this team. I just don't understand why people don't understand that we have a lot of talent on this team. You know what I mean? We have a lot of young guys that are talented, too, and you can't play everybody. You know, certain people just don't get to play. So is that what so you I get? Think... Go ahead. Well, yeah, I mean, that's just really what it is. I just feel like you can't ever, like, you can't say what somebody isn't capable of doing until they get an opportunity of doing it. And you should believe and have faith in the organization. They're not making a bonehead decision. I don't think the Pittsburgh Phillips would put me out there as a star middle linebacker if I wasn't competent. So is that what you get out of Twitter when you're going back and forth with fans? Is that why you, you are so active on social media? 
Well, on social media, I just I just use it as a platform for me to be normal. Because I think a lot of people don't really understand how normal guys like me and even all the way up to AD and Le'Veon are. So, I mean, that's why I try to tell fans to use it in a positive way for their benefit because it's a way for you to directly interact with your athletes. I mean, I wish when I was younger I could actually get on my cell phone and talk to Derrick Brooks. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> in today's day and age, you can actually talk to one of your favorite football yeah. players or any uh, sport that they play on the Internet. And they'll see it. They will definitely see it. Yeah. Hey, Vince, speaking of Twitter, uh, why'd you have that Doc Ellis avatar going? What'd you say? You had a Doc Ellis avatar going for a while, right? Yeah, Doc's cool, man. He's all before your know. time, isn't he? Yeah, I'm a history buff, though. I like Doc. I like what Doc stood for. And then he was kind of one of those personality guys. Like, I think I have a big personality, so so like he would have been a kindred spirit if I could have got the medal. Well, you're not going to play the game on asset on Sunday, right? <laughs> Absolutely not. All right. That's good. I'll be riding around, running around out there. <laughs> Why did you go from Vince to Vince? Oh, because I'm a killer bee now. You ain't hurt? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. He's another killer bee. Well, this, <laughs> along those lines, uh, I know you got to go, so I only have one more question for you. The, I'm worried about the fans because we've all been talking about New England like we're looking right past the Jags. Was there any concern for you that you guys might have been doing the same? Absolutely not. I mean, I'm just going to speak directly on the Mike Mitchell comment because that was taken completely out of context. I the mean, Sports Illustrated uh, interview you're talking about. Yeah, the man said that practically a month ago. I mean, that's what we were doing. We were talking about that so far, though, and it really didn't even have anything to do with uh, with the playoffs at the time. And uh, a lot of the people on the team, because, you know, we were just talking about Ryan and everything, we didn't even want to do the interview until, you know, in deep into the playoffs. But uh, nobody's overlooking the Jags. The Jags is a great team. Obviously, they came here and they waxed us at home before, so, you know, that's absolutely – the only thing that we have on our minds. Vince Williams, Pittsburgh Steelers, Sunday. They got the Jags at home. Vince. It's Vince. Vince, Williams. I'm sorry. One yeah. of the killer bees, Vince Williams. Thanks so much for your time, Vince. We appreciate it. Thanks. All right, man. We'll see you. <laughs> He's awesome. Hilarious. All right. Well, hopefully he uh, can help contain Leonard Fournette. And if uh, Bortles starts running, Vince will be there to uh, stop him from uh, getting across the line there. Doc used to wear hair curlers, too. I haven't seen. Vincent, any good. Goes. I don't want him to do that. Brandon T. Jackson is in the studio right now. Yo, He's at the improv this weekend. Dude, thanks for, for being so yeah. patient and waiting us yeah. out. It's, it's okay. It's a busy morning. The, the, Steelers playoffs, you know. The rain got my hair wet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon's at get my hair wet, man. <laughs> He's at the improv this weekend. And for for those who may not recognize his name, you definitely saw him in Tropic Thunder. Yeah, I was played. a real black guy in Tropic Thunder. <laughs> <laughs> not, not Robert Downey Jr. He was like, were you Robert? No, not Iron Man. <laughs> that is one of the most hilarious movies ever made. I mean, oh, you were man, a part yeah, of, of a legendary Hollywood huge movie with before the sex harassment, right? Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah. enormous stars. But like the Robert Downey Jr. role, that was kind of controversial. Yeah, it was. Was it at the time? It well, it was. It was weird because all the the lines that you got from me were like just lines because I was really mad in real life. 
because he would <laughs> act black the whole time. Even off camera, he was off doing method. Off camera, he was method. <laughs> oh, no. Like, he came to the set late once. I'm like, you know how we always late? I said, I don't know how we always late. Like, <laughs> like who wrote this? This dude was too good. It's too, it's too good of an actor. You know, so, yeah, I had fun, though. Great time. You know, that's where that line came from. You know, what do you mean, you people? That came because you I was like, you know, he, he improv the line. Huh, what do you mean, you people? And I came... What do you mean? You yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, that was all improv, man. So that uh, I mean that had to be a little daunting. You're in a movie uh-huh. that, uh, although I don't think you filmed any uh, scenes with Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise, Ben Stiller, Robert Downey. Yeah, Jr. we saw him on set though. You know, I, I didn't film, but you know, everybody would you know support one another, come to set even on the days off. Plus, it's, it was time. It's Tom, Tom Cruise is a cool dude, man. Now, yeah. You know, you, you know, besides all the you know the uh, media Scientology stuff. Yeah, that Scientology stuff kind of weird. But I'm saying like. As, <laughs> <laughs> He's, you know, he's, people, I guess people have an impression of him just jumping on couches. He's actually a really nice guy. So yeah. that was a huge jump start for your career. Yes. Did it make you want to act in movies more, or did you want to, did you f- more appreciate your stand-up career? Well, I've always done stand-up, but as a, I just blew up at 22. Right. So, I mean, I had nothing really to talk about. I'm, thir- I'm 33 now, so it's like, you know, experience some life. People really want to listen to a 22-year-old talk about... I don't know. So I went to the club, right? Yeah. Right. Like, that's all you do at 22 is go to the club and, and go to after parties. You really but don't do that, nothing. That's the weird thing is that, like, when guys, like, even when Pryor started out and he was super young and he was just yeah. doing Cosby stuff, like, yeah. literally lifting his material. But it was about sort of establishing yep. the, the the ability to be on stage and yes. deliver it. That's exactly what it is. And he didn't he didn't really hit. You Usually comics don't hit in their 30s. Right. Because you really have a perspective on life. You don't have perspective on life, you know, mm-hmm. when you're like in your 20s you just don't you think uh you know i don't want to listen to a 25 i mean i'll listen to him but not like like okay like when chris rock turned like around 32 33 that's when he started hitting those you know bring those, the pain the bring yeah. the pain yeah mm-hmm. bigger yeah. and blacker so, yeah so now are you're married yeah, I'm married. Okay, yes. and like, do you feel the need to have life achievements in order to have material to fall back? Like, this will be good for my act. It's just no. You just experience life and talk about it. I think the more you try to do jokes, I think people that's stupid. I think jokes are dumb. Like, mm-hmm. and then you know, I was out. Like, people don't want to hear. You know, they want to hear like what happened. Like, what's real? They just want to hear like you know, if you got kids, you know, what's going on in your life. You know, I think if you report the news is kind of what we do. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. For, that's what I do. I just talk about, you know, like I got my kids, they don't, like, I don't even have material on them. They don't, they always sleep in my bed. My, my wife mm-hmm. wants my kids <laughs> in the bed and I kick them out the bed and then she gets mad because they fall on the, on the ground. <laughs> and, and, <laughs> see, it's the truth though. I'm not even lying because she's, she's from the islands, you know, she's Cape Verdean. So she's African and Portuguese. My kid, that they, they have a mixed language. African and Portuguese is like, it's called Cape Verdean. It's, uh, I don't know if y'all know the Cape oh. Verde Islands. Yeah, that would make Trump's head explode. <laughs> if, he, if he heard those two, she's aware. I really don't think Trump is racist. I think his hair is racist. Uh, <laughs> that's what I think. I think he has racist hair. It's like a Dennis and Menace thing. But, <laughs> oh, this uh, yeah, so I was watching this. Um, that's a good uh, series. Sorry, la, la, that's on on the t- on the TV. Actually, that's okay. We do play by play of television. The Queen of England story is pretty cool. I didn't even look at, but I thought she was a reptilian, but now I know she's not. When I read the story, but that's another story. Going back to my family, my 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 kids don't speak English. So it's kind of annoying. Really? Yeah, it's annoying. What do, what do they speak? They Portuguese? Speak, well, no, they speak is African and Portuguese dialects. It's, it's called is it their own language? It's called Creole. It's a, it's it's a, uh, it's just a, I don't know what it is. It's no, African and Portuguese same. mixed. It's mm-hmm. like 
That's not the same Creole that they would speak in like uh, pockets of southern Louisiana. It's not. And when you say that, people think that, but because yeah. they say call it Creole, which is it's it's a Spanish. I mean, it's a, it's a Portuguese African language that was made up in the islands of Cape Verde. Now, is there any point where you say to your wife, "Honey, I don't know how applicable this is going to be when exactly. we send them to the store." No, I tell them to sit down. They don't sit down. I say, "Sit down." They sit down. You know, <laughs> and I'm not even saying it right. And it's annoying because my like, baby, these kids don't speak English. Get these kids speaking English, okay? <laughs> Like, and it's so like, does she need to be present when you talk to your kids? Pretty much. You they need don't a translator. Yeah. I, had to, I had the brother dad like, hey, sit, sit on down. <laughs> that 70s black dad was the one with the shoulders. Remember, remember to, uh, what was his name? George Jefferson walk out the house? Sherman Helmsley. Was, yeah, Sherman Helmsley. My dad had the little Sherman Helmsley walk. I'm yeah. used to that. I can't even do that with my kids. Sit on down. They don't listen to me. So <laughs> They don't even listen. So I just talk about life, man. Mm-hmm. I think the more you do jokes, I think you, you're not really a comic comic is somebody who commentates on life and make it funny and really just you right. know people are i think people that are naturally funny just can talk about the truth and then ask funny that's it not somebody that's like hey guys um <laughs> Ta-da, you know well, comics are supposed to be like the weather vane of society yes supposed to tell you which way the wind is blowing yes exactly so that's you right. know and, and you know i'd be you know, i'd be watching little stuff on the news and everything i, I don't know man i feel good you know what I, do you think about all the weather that's happening around the world i think my grandmama used to tell me jesus is coming back <laughs> <laughs> remember that grandma sent everybody to hell you're going to hell man. <laughs> my grandma gave me a little butterscotch she's been her person since 1962 <laughs> <laughs> i'm like grandma, these are civil rights sirs i can't do this <laughs> <laughs> this has been your person says like the bottom of a purse like changing uh avon lotion I <laughs> Do you remember Avon? Oh, oh yeah. My mother yeah. sold Avon. My, my mom sold. That's what I'm saying. My grandma used to sell the Avon. They used to have a little Avon thing in church. Like, they would sell it after yeah. church. And they would have these little, like. The little the, lipsticks? Yes. Yeah. And the little white tube. Yeah. That was just about this big. I remember. Sorry. No, go, it, go, it go. was like a big thing. And then they came out with then all the women started wearing Paramiss from uh, Victoria's Secret. They were selling at church. I don't know, churches, mm-hmm. to me, black churches, I learned there's like two different Jesuses out here. It's like white Jesus and black Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> I go to my wife for his church, you know, they, 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 we pray for different things. We have diabetes heal, child support heal, <laughs> license suspended heal. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yo. I and they have a merch table. I don't know if the it, white church has they don't, a merch table. They, don't, <laughs> <laughs> they really do a white church. They got the merch? Oh, no, my they, God. I love it. <laughs> yeah, we got the merch table and everything. Come on, I'm getting some, uh, some of the uh, paraphernalia. <laughs> Uh, I'll be reading on the internet. They said Jesus was black. I knew he was black because he didn't swim. He walked on that water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, I ain't, I ain't getting my hair wet. <laughs> this is wool. <laughs> he ain't doing that water, bro. Yeah. So, man, my dad's a pastor. That's why I oh, talk no about. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, I talk about church a lot because I like, I don't know. So like, what denomination? Like what kind of Baptist? Non-denomination. Okay. Uh, just, you know. I like just, the non-denominational. You don't have to commit to anything. Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. no real tenets like, of a non-denominational know, church. It's like, here's the spirit, you know, have fun with, you know, let's, you know, put the, get the, it's like a concert, you know what I mean? Right. So It's kind of like going to a, a, a soccer game and, and not having a team to root for, but you're like, I like soccer. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, so, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I grew up like that, so I talk a lot about different, um, I bring a lot of all, all religions, and I wouldn't call it religion, but it's just uh, the people's backgrounds together, I talk about everything, and um, I think that's why my shows are really very diverse, man. Yeah, I grew up hood in the suburbs. You know, my school was so white they would put my picture in every grade in the yearbook so the school can look diverse. <laughs> <laughs> you were in every class, every class, <laughs> different hairstyles. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we I, I grew up so you know our, our generation is different because we grew, we grew up like you know it's like it's like a. 
it's like a, a, a I won't say a racist generation above us that experienced that, and that there is a, another, uh, you know, it's kind of a more of a you know togetherness, and because hip hop yeah. came, mm-hmm. you know, not like that, you know, saying hip hop came, in, but it like it really brought a lot of people together. So you know, it, it's like a it's just such, such a divide with the youth and like the the older crew. You yeah. know, I learned that when I say certain things. And my stand-up, the older crew get tightened up, the young crew, oh, you know. Yeah. But then I have also a conservative ways of 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 the principles that the older people, uh, I don't say older people, but the older generation left. So if yeah. you mix the two together, because this hip-hop, mm-hmm. I can't, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang, Gucci gang. <laughs> I can't stand that song. Like, what are they rapping about, man? I Nobody can't. knows. They're mumbling. Mumble, I can't stand mumble rap. And I say it as a young man, I'm supposed to like that. I'm like, I can't like this stuff. He's singing about anything. chicken wang, chicken wang, chicken wang, chicken wang. It is singing about anything. Like anything is, is hip hop now, and I get mad because I'm like, music is dead. Hip hop is dead right so, now. So you're more about the '80s, uh, oh, yeah. early '90s, Conscious rap, the uh, uplift, right? So hip-hop. more of what like Black Thought and the Roots are yes, doing yes. today as compared to yes. The hip hop is horrible right, right. now. I can't even, you know, you got to talk to the millennials and they're like, what's wrong with this? I like taking lean. Oh, we're dying. Like, yes, it's drugs. You know, mm-hmm. you know, now there's an a, 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 a opium situation going on. Kids are dying of, of drugs because they've been t- overdosed. And I'm like, bro, like, that, we didn't, hip hop wasn't about that when we was growing up. It was about coming together, you and I, TY, unity. Like, you know, they made it yeah. cool for races to come right. together. What was the coalition, the tribe and Dale Soul? And what was it? Tribe Called Quest? Yeah, well, yeah. Tri- yeah, Tribe and uh, De La Soul and... Black Man- Thought? Was that what it was? It was like the whole huge group that they put together of like... It was like the conglomerate of New York City artists Which that one were... Which was that? Is that... Oh, man, it was, in the, it was in that documentary. I should... I should... Which documentary? I got to see it. The Rappaport documentary on oh, Tribe really? Called Quest. Beats, Rhyme, Rhythm, and Life. Yep. Yeah, that's great. Oh, yeah, I got to see that. I, yeah. I should have saw... I was supposed to watch that on Netflix, but, you know, we keep watching Moana... Oh, yeah. <laughs> if you got kids, you would watch Moana sixteen times. That, you know, I don't know. It's Frozen and Moana, man. Those two. Oh my God. Frozen. Two weather extremes. Two. I know. <laughs> Even till, the kids. Wait till Lion King come out. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, uh, that is uh, Brandon T. Jackson. Go see him this Woo! weekend. He is at the Improv. Yes. Don't miss him. It's 412-462-5233, improv.com. We have a huge uh, busy Friday because of the Steelers game. Thanks Please. for understanding. Thank you. I love and, it. And uh, it was great to meet Thanks you, Thanks for the hospitality. Love y'all, Pittsburgh. Have a great weekend in the Berg. All right. All right. Mike Scott uh, Sports. When we come back, Rocky Blyer on the way. DVE Sports. All right. Mike Pursuta flying along here on a busy morning as we yeah, get set fun, for Steelers-Jags. Steelers getting ready for the Jacksonville Jaguars on Sunday. Stephon it. Expects to play. Already Burns hopes to play. Two with dealing with an elbow injury. Burns with a hyperextended knee. Both of those guys had MRIs after getting hurt on Wednesday, but they talked in optimistic terms yesterday uh, about their potential availability. That uh, would come in handy. The Steelers gave up 231 rushing yards to Jacksonville in October with a healthy defense. They need uh, all hands on deck to stop these guys. Uh, Antonio Brown also... A full participant for the second consecutive day yesterday as he continues battling back from the calf injury that cost him the last couple of games of the regular season. That would certainly help as well. Uh, A full complement of offensive players to deal with that Jacksonville defense uh, would come in handy. Uh, Todd Haley, the offensive coordinator for the Steelers, knows the challenge his unit will face on Sunday at Heinz Field. You know, their front four is an elite group. Um... You know, starting with Calais, who I was with in Arizona. I mean, just the, one of the great players in the league. 
Um, but across the board, I mean, they're as good as we'll see. So we obviously, uh, you know, that matchup is going to be critical. Um, you know, could be tight ends involved, could be backs involved. But that being said, I mean, this is an elite secondary also, uh, you know, between AJ and, uh, and Ramsey. I mean, they're, they're as good a duo as we'll see. And, uh, uh, you know, so really it'll be a great matchup. And, uh, you know, we got to be at our best. Yeah, he was talking there at the end about uh, the starting cornerbacks, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Bouye. It's going to be fun to watch that defense against this Steelers offense. Yep. I want to uh, just direct people to, uh, Bill, Jalen Ramsey is one of the more colorful personalities for sure in the history of the NFL. Okay. And he's only been in a he short ch- time. He chirps. He's gotten into it with several different receivers. But he has a demeanor that is not your typical NFL swagger. No. It is a, um, he's sassy. He is. He's got some sassy pants. He is a sassy fella. Apparently AJ Green doesn't like that much. No. No, he chokeslammed him for being a little too sassy. He doesn't like the sassiness. He doesn't like to be sassafrast. (laughs) You know, the the statistics across the board speak for themselves with Jacksonville, but it, the amazing thing about this defense to me, two things really jump out. They're not like old-school Ravens or Steelers blow you up. Here comes the thunder, you know, devastating hits, that kind of no, thing. No, they're not the Legion of Boom. But they get you on the ground. Clay Campbell made a play in that Buffalo game last Sunday. Buffalo was in close to the goal line and ran a quarterback draw with Tyrod Taylor. And Calais Campbell was being blocked by the right tackle, and as he was being taken to the ground, he reached out with one hand and made an ankle tackle on Taylor. They just they get the job done uh, relentlessly. And then the other thing, all the turnovers. I've never seen a team get more tip picks than these guys. Remember they did that in in Pittsburgh in October, yep. and they did it again twice to Buffalo. They're not all their interceptions. It's not like quarterbacks are just throwing them the ball. Uh, you know, drastic overthrows or they're jumping routes. It, it's they're they're covering they hunt the pack. It's a pack mentality. They get a hand on it, and there are guys around the ball to clean up. And you got to respect that. You got to respect that uh, from the Jacksonville perspective. <laughs> Jaguars know what they're dealing with uh, regarding Ben Roethlisberger. Here's Jacksonville head coach Doug Marone. I have a ton of respect for him. You know, I know him. You know, our weight coach, Dan Dalrymple, was with him in college. And he used to tell us, you know, all the stories of how tough he is, how good of a player he is. And I, and I think he's represented that through his whole career. And, you know, he's a heck of a player. He can he can make all the plays. He can, you know, run the offense. So, you know, we, we understand what we're going against, and we understand the challenge in it. You know, the, the, the cast that they have around them, you know, the guys up front, the guys on the perimeter, obviously, you know, with Bell in the backfield. I mean, you know, you're talking about, um, a bunch of really, really good football players. Doug, we actually haven't heard a lot of stories about how tough he is. Anything that your strength coach told you that resonated in particular? He loved, he loved him. I mean, he used to say, hey, he's tough, you know, you know, big, strong. I mean, he used to tell us those stories, you know, all the time because I'd always say, hey, what was it like, you know, uh, in college? And, you know, he would talk about his time there with Ben and, you know, how great of a guy he was and just a great guy and, you know, all those things. So, you know, I don't know him personally, but everyone that I know that's been in touch with him or has coached him or has been around him has, has said nothing but great things about him. And, you know, I, I, I 
I trust him and I believe him. So um, I know he's a heck of a, a heck of a player. That stuff's on tape. And then um, everything I've heard is he's, he's a great guy. A guy that, like if you were an offensive lineman, you want to be around. Doug Marone used to be the offensive coordinator in New Orleans a while back, and he said that he used to study Ben Roethlisberger as he, while he was the Saints' offensive coordinator. I mean, usually those guys study the other defense. <laughs> but he wanted to see what it was all about. Steelers and Jaguars on Sunday. I, I can't wait to see what happens when the Steelers have the ball. This is going to be a huge, huge game for the O-line. Yeah. Yes. Because they really get after quarterbacks. And they do it with four rushers way more than they don't, the way Keith Butler's trying to do it with that Steelers defense. Um, you know, it'll be interesting to see if the Steelers can stop the run. Jacksonville's offense is a little limited. It's a little one-dimensional, and the Steelers' defense is a little limited without Ryan Shazier. But the strength-on-strength strength aspect of this game, Bill, as you pointed out this week, is that when the Steelers have the ball – they have all that talent up front. They have all those playmakers. They got the franchise Super Bowl winning quarterback. They're capable seemingly of anything. And that Jacksonville D has playmakers, playmakers. at every level. <laughs> Can they stop the Steelers? Because if the Steelers get far enough ahead, then that the defense doesn't have to worry about the run, running game anymore. And then it's over. When we come back from the break, a guy who would never have threatened to sit out a season – and in fact, only missed the season while he was serving our country. Hero, Pittsburgh Steeler great, Rocky Blyer. When we come back on DV, it's the DV morning show. Steelers, Jags. And we are getting psyched here in the Berg for this one. There's a huge pep rally. One of the guys who's going to be appearing at that pep rally with a, a host of other Steeler MVPs joining us right now, ladies and gentlemen, the great Rocky Blyer. Yeah. yeah. What's up, Rock? No? Not there? <laughs> How about now? Are you... Nice to be with the fearsome threesome. There you go. I love it. It's great. Don't worry, buddy. What I haven't is... talked to you in a little while. Yeah, I know it. I haven't. I haven't. And so thank you for having me on your show. And to get ready for this uh, for this playoff game. Yeah. And really excited for um, – I'm, I'm, I, you know, I'm excited not only for the pep rally that's going to take place on at A&E – um, Saturday night, and uh, who's going to be joining me? So well, you have be there you, you got your Parker, buddy Franco, Alan, Franco right, yeah, yeah, um, and um, and um, Santonio Holmes is going to be there as well. Willie Parker, Maybe there'll be some other people. Willie Parker, yeah. Yeah. fast Willie, yeah, they'll be good. Kerry Davis is going to be in, and so we'll have um, you know I will photo photo ops uh, autographs and uh, so on. And the greatest thing is free. Mm-hmm. What else are you doing? You know that's free tomorrow night, you six o'clock. There? Tomorrow night, six o'clock, uh, it starts, and so it'll be uh, it'll be a great kickoff for the weekend. Um, I'm looking forward to uh, uh, facing the Jaguars again this I've, year. I've, yeah, I've yeah. asked you about this in the past, but does it ever fail to amaze you how the Steeler, uh, um, the, the Steeler Nation will will support their team, especially in the postseason like this, and that everywhere you go, that forever you are a part of that family, that you are tied in with the Steelers, and the adulation that you get to receive uh, as a result of that never wanes. It never wanes, you know. It, I mean, it's a it, it, it's a I mean, over these forty some years um, that that. that uh, and it's taken from the first Super Bowls and in the whole Steeler Day. 
um, being created and, and fans all over. It's uh, uh, it's an amazing family to be a part of and the association of just because it's in the minds of those fam- of those fans out there that it is a it, it, you're winners. You know, mm-hmm. you're winners, and you're we're we've gone through this together, and we'll continue to go through it together. And so, you know, AE is a big one that's taking place this Saturday night. But I'm sure around the country, you know, there are going to be little mini uh, pep rallies somewhere uh, in some Steeler bar, oh, yeah. in some uh, uh, small town or big town as it could be. So, it, yeah, it's it, it's it's terrific. So you and Franco are going to be there. Now, you know, back in the day, you had the Raiders. You know, you had the, the, the Cowboys on the other side of the conference there. And, you know, the Steelers, the, the stumbling block for, for the Pittsburgh Steelers of, uh, of this era, era. Are, are the Patriots. And there's no doubt about yeah. it. Now, have you adopted that hatred of the Patriots? Or are you removed enough from it now that you just appreciate the, the battle? No, I, I don't. I don't have that. I don't have that hatred. I, I, I know, have I enough for say, both of us, Rock. <laughs> <laughs> right. You know. You know. You know. So it's like the Ravens. You kind of hate. Yeah. You know. Okay. The, the Patriots. You got to take a look at them and just say, oh, you know, they kind of. They're, they're. They're. You know. It's like Dallas. You really don't hate Dallas. You got to appreciate the. You know the the, the 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 organization and maybe the talent they have and the ability of of what they've done. I, you don't like them, but uh, it's not that uh, that they, they, like the Oakland Raiders. It's not that kind of uh, of, 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 a, of a hatred feeling. So, but but the, the the fact is is that okay, fine. So we have to establish who we are in this playoff um, playoff season. We got to be the team. We got to be the team that goes okay, fine. We pull everything together. Um, we play our best football, and we can beat people at their own game. Uh, on the road, and so that's what we're going to have to prove. First, we've got to get over the Jaguars, which mm-hmm. I think that we can. Uh, we got a revenge factor for what they did during the season. Oh, yeah. uh, we had a week off. Guys are healthy. We're getting people back. You know, so there's this whole atmosphere that I think a home field advantage uh, has going for them, and boom, we can go into it. Then, if everything works out, we have to go to the Raiders. I mean, to to the Patriots. Now, this is be the character of this team. Uh, and, 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 and whatever, however we feel about them in the future, it will be established in that game. We can beat them on the road, and, and they are beatable. So we just got to go out and do it. That's it. Rock, this team this year is filled with a lot of colorful characters. There's been a full dance card of distractions, and I was wondering, you know, there was a lot of characters on those 70s teams that you were on. How do you think those teams would have fared in the uh, the era of social media where everything you say is blasted around the world? I don't know if I can exist in this world today, but you you adapt. You adapt to whatever the situation is. Yeah, we did have we did have colorful characters. I'd love to see Lambert on Twitter. <laughs> I, Lambert wouldn't be on Twitter, but I would. <laughs> no. Lambert wouldn't be on Twitter. A lot of people would be on Twitter about Lambert. Right. But yeah. Lambert would be on Twitter, but we, you know, so I mean, we, you know, so you have Frenchie and uh, all of his outfits and yeah. goldfish, and uh, he was the uh, AB of his time. Oh, it, very much so, and um, and so and even LC LC Greenwood. I mean, we had a dress off. People may not remember in in uh, in the locker rooms. Uh, and Myron Cope was the host of this of this uh, of this project. 
Um, in Wait, so you had like a fashion uh, fashion dress off, like a, a like a competition, show. and it was moderated or mediated by Myron Cope. Oh yeah, fashion it maven was. Myron Cope. This is this is incredible. <laughs> it was, you know, it was like, oh, that would have gone viral, man, just, <laughs> because everybody else would have had our cell phones, <laughs> which did not exist at the time. But yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, it it would have been great. And so yeah, they you know our, we had the characters to be able to uh, do fats home. Sometimes you like to have fats. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> oh, now fats would be on Twitter, and if you didn't like it. Uh, he he might show up at your house. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you, you talk about like the technology not existing then. I'm wondering when you watch football uh, today, when you watch NFL games uh, of the past couple of years with nine different camera angles on every play and replay that is slowing the game down nonstop and just overanalyzation of all the plays, does it ever dawn on you that had that technology been around at that time that the Steeler – uh, uh, the lore, the Steeler, the beginning of of the dynasty would not have happened. That maybe they would have overturned the immaculate reception. Oh, that's right. I think about that. Heck yeah. You know, uh, there's uh, and, and I really have to say this is that uh, you know it's gone too far. I mean, the, the technology. I mean, it's a it's a game played by humans. We make mistakes. It's a game should be refereed by humans. And if you look at the at the statistics of the officials uh, in correct calls, it's like ninety eight percent, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so let's adapt with the two percent because we've done it all of our lives. Those big plays uh, would not be big plays. I mean, I hear it on television today. So we're going to go. Oh, what a tremendous catch! My God, what a great athlete, uh, athletic ability. Blah mm-hmm. blah. Oh, well. Now let's see if he made a catch. You know, right. now we have to go back, and now we got to wait. So it takes away from the spontaneity of a great play uh, or of hope that's out there, and then it all goes with the TV. Well, then let's get rid of the referees and just have uh, it done by technology. And mm-hmm. so, uh, and, and and and, but that's but the game is the game is those things that 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 could happen that did happen. It should not maybe happen, but it did in the right way. So we get to argue it for the rest of our lives right. uh, with those other fans. <laughs> so a catch, one's a catch. What's a catch? You know, catch is a catch, okay? Mm-hmm. He crosses a line. Okay, fine. Boom. You know, it's a touchdown. Well, maybe it wasn't. Maybe he didn't have control. B, B, B. You know, you go. Survive the ground. That's right. <laughs> you know, so let us just uh, get get rid of the technology all. Or, or I should say this. Here's another aspect. If it, if it's home field, you know, like in the playoffs, okay. So we've we've worked hard to have home field advantage. So I think that uh, a replay should only work for home field advantage. Yeah, mm-hmm. if you're if you're a traveling team, you don't get a chance to use replay. <laughs> that's quite a like that. wow. Yeah, that, that's a big. Good, uh, good that's a big thing. Big incentive hey, uh, in the postseason. Yeah, that's right. I've you know I've worked hard you know to get get this home field advantage. I should take advantage of it. <laughs> well, all of those frustrations will be pushed aside tomorrow night. Steeler Nation convenes on the North Shore, oh, the playoff pep rally at Stage AE, starting at six o'clock. Now, I just want to make mention that before that, from four to six at the Tequila Cowboy, Scottro, our buddy Scottro from uh, Kiss FM, and our friends at Bud Light are bringing you the pre-party. So if you want to get down there and get <laughs> s- and get revved up 
<laughs> for the pep rally. Only in there's Boulevard. a pre-party for we the pep rally. For a pep rally. Rock, there's a pre there's a pre-party for the pep rally. Wow. That's amazing. It's amazing. And then the pep rally with Rocky Blyer. And, uh, if anybody wants to party before they go to Tequila Cowboy to pregame for the pep rally, I'll be hanging out at Bettis' At Permanis. <laughs> There's a pre-pre-party at Permanis for the playoff pep rally pre-party. All right, so you got... Uh, Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, Alan Vanica, Willie Parker, San Antonio Holmes, and more at Stage AE tomorrow night at 6 o'clock to cheer the Steelers on to victory over the Jags. And, uh, Rock, that's 6 o'clock tomorrow night. We'll see you there. See you there. All All right, right, guys. Thanks, buddy. Appreciate it. The one and only, the great, Rocky Blyer. Oh, yeah, baby. He's he's the best. Dave Damashek from NFL Network. Black churches, I learned there's like two different Jesuses out here. It's like white Jesus and black Jesus, you know what I mean? <laughs> I go to my wife for his church, you know, they, 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 we pray for different things. We were diabetes heal, child support heal, <laughs> license suspended heal. <laughs> you know, I'm like, yo. I'm and they have a merch table. I don't know if the it, white church has they don't, a merch table. They, don't, <laughs> <laughs> they really do. White church don't have the merch Oh, no, my they, God. <laughs> yeah, we got the merch table and everything. Come on, I'm getting some, uh, some of the uh, paraphernalia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll be reading on the internet. They said Jesus was black. I knew he was black because he didn't swim. He walked on that water. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> he said, I ain't, I ain't getting my hair wet. <laughs> this is wool. <laughs> Randy Bauman and the DVE Morning Show. It's the DVE Morning Show, and uh, we are joined now by our friend uh, from the NFL Network, uh, Pittsburgher at heart. By blood. I don't know if that's true. By blood? Uh, yeah, by blood. By blood. He, by geography. Yes. Born and bred. How's that? Born in Matza. Right. Born in Matza. blood. My blood <laughs> still sits on the mean streets of, uh, of Pittsburgh, PA, in defense of all things black and gold. Speaking of which, I say this in our first uh, our first visit. Dave Damashek, ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yeah, that's it. That's yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, well, we this is our first uh, conversation of 2018. Before we get into the pigskin, once again, the mayor Randy Bauman and uh, his commissioner uh, Crawford, gangbusters work. Pittsburgh, PA, always great because of what you guys do, charitable work and ever and beyond. You guys are uh, are menches and. Pittsburgh, PA is lucky. Ah, that's yeah. nice of you to say. I'm toning Just it down, to though. Like you, Not doing any this year. Just telling everybody to, to no screw No charity up. work? No, you've none. You've done enough. It's yeah. like, it's like that yeah. should just be your announcement. Just put yeah. that on your uh, on your Twitter handle. Randy Bauman. It's enough already. <laughs> I think that's what a lot of fans is... of the show think. <laughs> <laughs> this is our cheat year. We don't do any charity work uh, this year. That's right. We're off the boards. Uh, Dave. All uh, right. We have to focus in on, of course, I don't blame you. Because, of course, you're feeling <laughs> nauseated, which isn't weird because you've been watching highlights of the Jacksonville Jaguars and those helmets, that's their secret weapon, don't you see? It's that they <laughs> walk into the stadium in those hideous uniforms and it makes you feel sick on your insides. And before you know it, you're trailing in the game. But we've seen it already, Jaguars. <laughs> you don't have any more tricks up your sleeve. By the way, that Jag, that, that Jag mascot guy, look at him close. He's got a turquoise tongue. Something's wrong with him. He's sickly. He's feral. He's a feral, rabid beast. It's time to put him down. Well, he's got thrush. You know, I think he. Uh, I think thrush. I think that he is kept alive and given life 
uh, by by interceptions, by turnovers, by takeaways, scoop and scores. Slack was saying earlier, these guys got five touchdowns from strip sacks. They got uh, yeah. two the, the two pick sixes we gave them. And I don't know if they had any other than that, those uh, this year. So uh, this is not a defense to uh, take lightly. Uh, you know, listen, the Jaguars defense is not merely great. It's not merely the best in the NFL 2017. It is one of those generationally dominant defenses that obscures. You don't see this happen every couple of years, although paradoxically, you, I guess you do see it uh, because the 2015 Broncos use this same formula to be not just great, but to be so dominant defensively that they can steal pro football games. That just doesn't happen very much. Right. in the 21st century, but the 2000 Ravens, the 2003 Bucks, the 2015 Broncos, and now you have these Jaguars, who all of whom are constructed with bum QBs, QBs who are not <laughs> capable of rallying you. Blake Bortles, if the Steelers should jump up two touchdowns, that should be the game. I mean, it's, it would be hard to imagine a Blake Bortles-led offense rallying in Heinz Field. But they, the defense is so good that they can steal the game. And, you know, I keep hearing from a bunch of, uh, of Steelers fans who are telling me something along the lines of, Dave, Roethlisberger cannot throw five picks again. That was a fluke, and it's not going to happen again. It's like, well, listen, this is the mentality of somebody who is such a homer that you don't acknowledge that that didn't happen in a vacuum. Roethlisberger didn't have a bad game because he slept on the wrong side of the pillow the night before. He had a bad game because the Jags are dominant defensively, and they and they duped him repeatedly and the offense and Todd Haley into trying to press the action there. We need 26 is the bottom line. 26 must star. He must carry the day for the Steelers and uh, and make it so that because, I mean, if it's nip and tuck and the Steelers are down late and you're forcing seven to throw, that's where the Jags want you there. So let's hope that 26 can make hay. We can get up a couple scores as we run into the locker room at halftime, and uh, and it's a moot point. And then we can just laugh and tee off on Blake Bortles in the second half. Yeah, I mean, look, that would be ideal. There's no doubt about it. Uh, but, uh, you know, I want I want Ben to go 18 for 20. I keep saying, you know, tw- I don't want him to have more than 20 attempts You don't want him to throw the ball 55 times. No. I love that. Yeah, check downs. Check downs. I, I, I'm serious. I want... 35-ish touches for 26 in this game. I want, you know, not just handing the ball to him, but all the checkdowns. Just dump it off. Don't jam it in there. You don't got to be the hero, Seven. Just check it down (laughs) to 26. Let him be the hero on this day. Look, he likes to give jump balls to the guys he trusts. You know, I don't know that he'd do it for Martavis – well, maybe he'd be a little more inclined to do it now than he was uh, in the first few weeks that he was back. But if A.B. is out there, he's going to throw it. If uh, Juju, now he trusts Juju, you know, he gets in those situations, he's going to throw it up for him. And this is a team that, well, they'll take it away. They'll jump up and come down with the ball. They'll tip it. Yeah, they'll, they'll, they, that's they, they know want. they have to. It's no, listen, Maurice Jones-Drew, who I do my show with uh, every week. Former Jack. Uh, I had at what? Yeah, we had a rugged, we had a rugged and contentious um, sit down earlier in the week on my show, and he feels. Here's the thing with um, the Jags. Whereas the Seahawks and before them, guys like Michael Jordan or Tom Brady and those guys 
who who need the chip on their shoulder. These guys who, who by their own perception, weren't drafted high enough, weren't respected enough, forever have something to prove. They have a chip on their shoulder, and we're going to teach you. The Jags are not that. They are – that defense is all high-end, really good – uh, you know, five star way back when when they were in college kind of guys. They are they're not trying to disprove anything. They're just like, well, yeah, we're the best. Yeah, well, they, 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 it has not occurred to them that they are not the best defense of all time. They believe that. That's scary. I don't. I don't like that. Makes me scared no, like coming into into Sunday. And Maurice is very confident in this too. But you know, I mean, the, and here's the other thing. To just so that. Steelers fans don't get too comfy and well it's Blake Bortles yeah guess what Blake Bortles you know well, you, what Bortles is going to come in here and beat us well guess what Bortles threw for 95 yards in an interception in October and the Jags won by three touchdowns so keep that in mind before you start thinking well Bortles isn't going to torch us he doesn't have to torch us Bortles does sound like a form of shingles doesn't it <laughs> <laughs> Like it sounds like an affliction. That's all I'm saying. Listen, let's let's do what's right. First of all, the Titans are. I mean, what the football gods already? What what gives already? What 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 the what does Belichick have on you, football gods? At this point, that <laughs> that you continue to at, at every turn, you oh. just get you give them the breaks. The Chiefs, I don't find all well, the Chiefs. Oh, they 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 couldn't even get past the Titans. I KC would have given them a test. Yeah, the Titans. The Tennessee Titans is who you get to play in the playoffs, you you Patriot jerks. And guess what? The comeuppance is coming. We just got to get past the team with the turquoise tongues, the small matter of dispatching <laughs> Blake Bortles. Then it's on to Foxborough. <laughs> then it's on to glory. <laughs> I love it, Dave. I love it. Dave, I'm worried, though. I'm worried about us looking. You know, well, we Coach be. Tomlin was, uh, you know, accused in the interview with Tony Dungy of looking past his opponents toward the Patriots, who were still three weeks away. Well, they won all three of those games leading up to the Patriots game and then lost the Patriots game. Yeah, they got jobbed in that game. Yeah. Do you think they yeah, were looking past like, the Patriots to the Browns? Was that maybe our problem there? Mike, <laughs> why, why, by the way, why does Mike Mitchell look at talking stuff the week of the Jags game? About the Patriots, I mean I, that I don't love, but oh uh, well, he, he he talked he, to Pursuta yeah. uh, about it yesterday, and he he is super pissed about he's it. Pissed because that that interview was three weeks ago. He's like, I spent oh, two two days with that okay. person, and we talked about Ryan Shazier the entire time. That was one small quote taken out of the context of two days talking about Ryan Shazier. In fairness to the oh, writer, well, though, good. I'm sure he didn't say anything else that was going to get the clicks like, we'll play them in hell, we'll play them in hell, in Haiti, we'll play them in New England, we'll beat them anywhere. It does sound good. It does get you excited. I'll tell you, um, you know, that you say about the three weeks off, and that reminds me. If I, the, the two things for me are these. One Shaking off any rust, and I know it's a minor concern, Roethlisberger, 14 years and everything else. It's not the same as uh, as uh, the other teams that are putting their feet up and resting, like the Rams last week were probably took their feet off the gas and came out a little tight um, against the Falcons. I don't think that's as bad. But let's just hope Roethlisberger, because to be clear, this isn't homerism. 
Between weeks 10 and 16, Roethlisberger was playing as well as as he's played in five years, and he was definitely the best quarterback in the NFL, Tom Brady and anyone else included, from weeks 10 to 16. He was dominant. If he comes back at that level and Antonio Brown is ready to go, if he is 100% ready to go, I'm saying it here, I'm saying it now, no one can handle the Pittsburgh Steelers, not the New England Patriots, not the 85 Bears, not the 80s Niners. I don't care who you throw at us. 7, 26, and 84 are the truth. Here we go. Come on. Let's get – I mean, we got to handle these Jags. Let's get the game time. Let's dispatch this bum team already. Dave Damashek from the NFL Network getting you ready for Steelers-Jags Sunday. You'll hear all the action right here. I'm getting here. me ready. I'm not getting – I don't care about you. I'm getting me ready. <laughs> On your flagship of the Pittsburgh Steelers, 102.5 WDVE Pittsburgh, Dave Damashek from the NFL Network. Thank you, sir. Thank you, fellas. And by this time next week, if the Steelers win, I want to uh, give you a, a sneak, uh, a, a little heads up here. We're, we're going to have a revised. You'll remember many moons ago when we first came together. It was over uh, Stairway, Stairway to Seven. To seven. Yeah. Our little song. We're going to we're going to update that Ooh. in advance of the Patriots game if there is a Patriots game. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll I be playing it. the Titans in Heinz Field. Dude, Marcus Mariota is going to beat us in Heinz. No way, dude. Tom. <laughs> DVE Sports. All right, Val, there are so many roads and stuff. I wanted to let you have uh, free reign here. Uh, so many road closures, I should say. So Can many you roads. play Stairway Val, to Heaven? Will you we talk... need a bed that's going to be long enough. Yeah, for really. Will, will, you, uh, will you just talk about Alice's road... Restaurant. Roads. <laughs> yeah. Um... Play Mountain Jam. Road Scholar Val Porter. <laughs> In memory of Elizabeth Reed. Right. <laughs> there is a weather watch on the turnpike today, uh, so be alert for possible ponding water and flash flooding. They're not issuing any road restrictions at that point yet. Uh, Mon Wharf is closed due to flooding. There are also several other closures in Sewickley, Conway Walrose Road, between Compton Road and Big Sewickley Creek Road. Uh, these are all closed. Mount Royal Boulevard between Trotter Drive and Duncan in Allison Park, in Manaka, Raccoon Creek Road in both directions between Mowry Road and Frankfurt Road. Uh, flooding issues also Becks Run Road between Brownsville Road and Hopeland Street in Glenshaw, Butler Plank Road west of Glenshaw Avenue in Gibsonia, Gibsonia Road at Grubbs Road in West Mifflin, Lebanon Church Road between Regis Avenue and Delwar, Penn Hills, Leechburg Road closed between Cloverleaf Road and Garden Drive. In Bridgeville, they're evacuating people in McLaughlin Run Road at uh, Baldwin Street due to flooding. The flooding in Shaler, Route 8 between Birchfield Road and Elfenwild Road in Baldwin, Route 837 at Glass Run Road in Carnegie, Presley Street at Sarah. In Wexford, Rinneman Road at Pine Creek Road in Upper St. Clair, Rob Hollow Road between Bethany Drive and Painters Run Road. In Cranberry, Rochester Road restricted between Perry Highway and 6th in uh, Cranberry also uh, Rochester Road west of Perry Highway, flooding in Hampton Township, Wildwood Road between Hart and Babcock Boulevard, and finally in Mount Lebanon, flooding on Woodhaven Drive at Spalding Circle. Are you sure you're done? I, at this point, I think I'm done. I was hoping it would get to the, the part solo where yet. it really starts taking off. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. DVE.
Yeah, Mike Pursuta here with your sports. And it's Steelers-Jags on Sunday at 1 o'clock, Heinz Field. The playoffs. Playoffs? You're damn right, playoffs. Division around. You know, I love Damashek's passion. But when I'm listening to those interviews that you guys conduct, <laughs> he dropped a line that I really appreciated this time. He was about to make a point, and he prefaced it with, now this isn't Homerism, but... And I like when he says that, because otherwise... I wouldn't be able to tell. <laughs> wow, is he wound up? Yeah, he's fired up, Mike. Yeah, yeah. just uh, FYI, it's not preordained. Looks good, but you know, still got to play the game. Anything can happen. Well, this, now, and we recorded that yesterday because he was in Los Angeles before the Le'Veon Bell comments. Before Lev Bell. I don't think those are another distraction. Yeah. I I think the Steelers have so much going on that that is just they're like, overall that like crap. Like Kiesel right? said, water yeah. off a duck's arse. Yeah, yeah. This I, is the year of the non-distracting distractions. They, I'll I'll give them that. I, they've sold me on their ability to handle that stuff and keep their eye on the ball when they need to, and perform. So I don't think that'll be the issue. But uh, Jacksonville's going to have some things to say about what happens on Sunday, and and maybe the Steelers' mindset, not in terms of. Le'Veon Bell adding potential distraction once again into the mix, but uh, maybe a, a little bit of a sharper focus will benefit the Steelers this time. Here's Le'Veon Bell talking about what might have happened in retrospect against the Jaguars in October. Obviously, records kind of you know play parts in that, and some people come come in thinking a team may be easier by their record, or a team may be tougher by their record, but. No, that kind of, that can't be on our mind, you know. And I think that kind of got us in the first game, you know, because the Jacksonville Jaguars they normally not good team, but uh, those guys got players this year. Um, they've been making plays. Um, obviously, they're in the playoffs. We got another opportunity with them, so um, they know they know what we're about. Um, obviously, everybody on our team know uh, know know what they're about. Um, it's gonna be a good game. Yeah, they got players this year. Bunch of them on defense. Bunch of them. And the Steelers and Le'Veon Bell will have to deal with that. Uh, by the way, Sports This Hour is brought to you by Panhandle Cleaning and Restoration. Uh, the news was encouraging regarding Stephon Tuitt and Artie Burns yesterday. Tuitt, elbow, MRI. He said he's practicing today. Burns, hyperextended knee, MRI. He said he hopes to practice today. And uh, if things go the rest of the week the way he thinks they will, he'll be able to play on Sunday. Uh, if Burns can't go, then uh, Cam Sutton would presumably get the nod. Uh, Cam Sutton, one way or another, whether it's special teams or cornerback, is going to be playing in his first playoff game, and he's ready for that. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. You know, like I said, it's another opportunity. You know, we uh doing the things we love to do. Uh, obviously, we're trying to achieve a goal, you know, that um, been instilled and to all the guys on the team since day one. And, um, you know, that's just not your mentality, you know, week in, week out to uh, dominate your opponent, you know, and work to what we're all trying to achieve with the Super Bowl. Um, then, you know, this is not the, not a place for you, you know, and all the guys feel the same. Um, that's why we're, we've are we got to this point that we are now. We just got to continue and keep it going. Well, he has had one of the most interesting rookie seasons I can remember in a long time, just for being kind of out of the picture in training camp and then most of the regular season, but – Still able to work himself back and get involved and play significant snaps when needed. And you just listen to him talk about what's about to happen. And, yeah, that smarter than the average bear reputation he brought out of the draft. He has come as advertised. 
mentally sticking with it, Mike, because, yeah. I mean, when you when you lose that much time with the team right out of the gate. When you've never done it before. Right. You just think the, this, le- this season is lost. Yeah. He is a sharp guy and a good player, and we'll hear a lot from him in subsequent seasons. But he seems to have the playoff thing figured out, and uh, a veteran of Marquise Pouncey's years had it figured out a long time ago. That's exciting, man. When you got your whole team ready to go out there and play, and um, the guys are really, really focused and locked in, man. And, uh, this time of the year is fun. We know it's a serious time, but it's, it's still football. We got to go out there and enjoy ourselves while we're playing and making sure we're, we're focused. And last but not least, let's uh, leave it up to one of the primary distractors this season, Martavis Bryant. <laughs> it's a guy who didn't even want to be here in October, but uh, he's right where he wants to be and uh, will be again on Sunday. Everybody's going out making plays when their numbers are called. Uh, Juju having a great year, AB having a great year, and, uh, and guys are coming along. And uh, you know, now it's, it's a three-game series. Uh, the uh, regular season over. Right now we just focus on the playoffs. Got three tough games coming up, and we got to finish. It's not going to be easy. Uh, we know it's not going to be easy, and we wouldn't want other, any other way but to go out and compete and have fun doing it. You happy worked out this week? Yeah, we're in the playoffs. It's definitely happy, man. <laughs> You know, I, I wish you guys could have seen when I asked me, glad it worked out the way it did. His eyes got bright, his smile lit up the room, and you heard a little chuckle there at the end. Martavis Bryant, a guy who's done most of his interviews this year, looking down, giving off that angry young man vibe, just trying to power through it as quickly and painlessly as possible. He got excited about the opportunity to play again for the Steelers in the playoffs. And who knows, maybe he'll catch another ball reaching through his legs around his backside while he's doing a somersault. <laughs> or catch it one-handed while the uh, defender's holding his other arm. I'd like to see that. Should be a lot of fun. That's all I got. I don't think it's homerism to say that you got to feel confident going into this game. I mean, the last time we saw these guys was week five, and we lost yeah. one game since we've seen them the last time. One game, and we got jobbed in that game. <laughs> you realize you started with I don't think it's homerism to say we got jobbed. <laughs> That's the truth. That was That's na- the definition. That was national news, Mike. <laughs> A lot of people felt that way. Bill Burr texted Randy and me right after the game and said, yeah. "You guys got jobbed." Well, he's the authority. You got jobbed, dude. You want to talk about a homer? Come on. It's a Patriot fan right there. I just hope people embrace it and enjoy it. Uh, I love being in Pittsburgh the weekend of a home playoff game. Me too. $21 million injected into the local economy. The energy in the town is just unfreaking believable. Go down to the strip, put on your waders and go to the strip oh, district. Tomorrow morning, phew, be crazy down It's going to be nuts. When does it turn to snow? Tomorrow. Overnight tonight. Overnight tonight. Overnight tonight. Yeah. And yeah. then we're going to get blasted. Three to six inches. It's not too bad. Um, but it's on top of ice mm, that we're oh, going to get good. this evening. Mm-hmm. So Icy field on Sunday. I don't <sighs> like that. I don't like that a lot. We'll tell you who the winner of the Steelers <laughs> tickets are when we come back. And uh, one last look at this weekend's pivotal matchup. There are two hurdles to being in Minnesota for the Steelers. The smaller of the two. But no less important, Jacksonville Jaguars this Sunday. By the way, do we, have we ever come to a consensus on how to say that? It's Jaguars. It's Jaguars. 
You don't say wire. They hate wires. Yeah, you don't say wires. Well, they how do the the people there say jaguars? I don't know wars. The word is we jaguar. Ask, we should ask that guy we have. Jaguar. Not, not you, jaguar, not jaguar, not jugular. Jaguar. 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 I like to call them the jaguars. They're jags. You know, someone tweeted us that their mascot has a teal tongue from eating so many Carolina Panthers. Which, look, his off-field habits should not be. <laughs> and I want to take, well, we all want to take a ch- just a second here and thank uh, our friends at Ironborn Pizza down at Smallman Galley for bringing us some pies this morning. Mm-hmm. Verdict? Uh, fantastic. Oh, my God. Customer for life? Unreal. I'm still chewing. This uh, it's It's my favorite pizza right now everyone has their traditional picks yeah in terms of something new something a little different this is about the best so i say fioris is always in my top three always and then occasionally one will sneak in there and be my current fave and right Mm -hmm. now this is it ironborn pizza and small mcgalley check it out it's badass we had the spicy pie you had that right oh yeah and by the way spicy is unbelievable it's the perfect level of spicy it's not like over overpoweringly spicy um, right, it's not like you got to pour milk all over your face. It's not De- stunt eating. Detroit style pizza in Smallman Galley, Ironborn. Go check it out. What did it move to the suburbs? <laughs> Square pizza, Sicilian level thickness, perfect. But St- it's not a Sicilian pie. No, no, it is not. Start with the red on your first visit. Eat as much of the red as possible, then branch out because the red is perfect. On the white, they have a they have a, a sausage kale and something else one that was that I had that was real good. This is an arugula and mozz. Mm-hmm. And uh, tomato, that one looks badass. Uh, so uh, thanks again to those guys. It's it's just a tremendous pizza place. Okay, um, we gave away tickets to this weekend's game. It ended at nine o'clock. Our Steelers quiz. You went to dv.com. We had thousands and thousands and thousands and more. Log on to dv.com and take the Steelers quiz. How many perfect scores did we get, Slack? We got uh, 309 perfect scores out of over 2,100 entries. Okay. Wow. So the uh, it's a pretty smart fan base right there. Yeah, the, the, there were 16 questions. Uh, most of them you could Google. Some you had to know the show, like when is Cam Hayward on the show? What day do we have Dave Damashek? Things like that just to make sure that you know we're rewarding the DV listeners, not right. just people that know Google. Um, the two hardest questions that got the most people were, which team did not beat everyone in the AFC North? Your choices were the Bears, the Patriots, and the Jaguars. Of course, that one was tough. Easy. A lot of people thought the Patriots beat everybody. In fact, it was the Bears and the, or didn't beat everybody, and it was the Bears that Bears and Jags that did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one that tricked everybody: what was Juju Smith-Schuster's first end zone celebration? The hide and seek, the fireball, or the bench press? Fireball, yeah. I, I thought it was throwing dice. Only thirty-three percent of people got the got the uh, you know his Dragon Ball Z. The Dragon Ball Z. A lot of people thought it was the uh, a lot of people thought it was the hide and seek. That was probably the big one that really put him on the map. But uh, yeah, the hide and go seek was his uh, number one hit single, and they didn't realize that he put out an album before that. Three oh nine. Congratulations to Christina in Harrison City. Wow, yeah. she is the big winner. Big weekend lined up, Christina. Yeah. Christine. She wins tickets to the game, overnight accommodations for two, dinner for two, and a $100 gift card to the Steelers Pro Shop. Wow. 
Awesome prize. Yeah, really good. Pack up the car, make the trip in. It's going to be a fun one. The Steelers pep rally tomorrow. Now at 4 o'clock, from 4 to 6, there's a pre-pep rally party at Tequila Cowboy. You can go and uh, get your pregame on. And then the pep rally, I mean, look at. You got a pregame for the pep rally. You have to. Can't just go to the pep rally all willy-nilly. Stage AE, 6 p.m., the pep rally starts. Rocky Blyer, Franco Harris, Antonio Holmes. You're talking about Willie Parker. Those are Super Bowl Steelers, Super Bowl heroes there. Heroes. Legendary Alan Fanica. Well, my heroes have always been Cowboys. <laughs> and uh, a pre-party, as we said, at Tequila Cowboy with our friends from Bud Light. So there'll be Bud Light specials there, and you can win tickets to the game. Amazing. You can win tickets to the Ford VIP tent and uh, also a parking pass. All of those things are going to come in handy in 18-degree weather because that's going to be the forecast. You know, it just occurred to me that uh, Rocky Blyer and Santonio Holmes have a Sports Illustrated cover making a ridiculously great catch in the Super Bowl in common. And that's it. Thanks to John Collier. <laughs> That's where their commonalities end abruptly. Uh, follow me on Twitter at Sean Collier PGH. Hey, why not listen to a podcast? You can't handle the truth. Film review podcast. Search for it on iTunes or wherever you get your things you listen to. Uh, also, thanks to Brett Kiesel for uh, giving us a shout this morning. The 8th annual Shear the Beard will take place on February 16th at Jurgles. Go to Jurgles.com to get your tickets. Thanks to Vince Williams, another member of the Killer Bees. Boys, he I, I really like that guy. I wish we could get him on every week. Yeah, me too. Slack work on that thing. Well, if we pay him, you probably could. Brandon T. Jackson is at the Improv this weekend. You know him from Tropic Thunder. He played Al Pacino in Tropic the, Thunder. The actual black guy. The actual black the movie. guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, once again, thanks to Rocky and catch him at that pep rally tomorrow at Stage AE. And as always, thanks to Dave Damashek of the NFL Network. Anybody? Mm, I got nothing. Go Steelers, Mike. Mike Pursuta, get us ready right now for that game Sunday, one o'clock. Steelers. Jags. The game that's been a year in the making, a year in the anticipating, a year in the longing to play is at long last finally mere hours from being finalized. But before the Steelers can completely embrace their profound preoccupation with the New England Patriots, there's one last detail to which they must attend. That would be playing Jacksonville on Sunday afternoon at Heinz Field. Lake Bortles isn't Tom Brady. Doug Marone isn't Bill Belichick. And the Jaguars are no dynasty. But the Jaguars nonetheless stand between the Steelers and the shot at redemption they've been obsessed with ever since last January. The Jaguars will arrive at Hines as a team on the rise, with a defense that demands attention, with a running game that can win a war of attrition, and secure in the knowledge that they're capable of coming into western Pennsylvania and dominating. The Jaguars did that while beating the Steelers 30-9 back in October. Much has happened since then, and much of it suggests the Steelers are much more likely to make amends in the rematch preceding the rematch of the rematch. And much of what happened the last time against Jacksonville, Ben Roethlisberger throwing five interceptions and the defense hemorrhaging 231 rushing yards against, for example, can't happen again, can it? Not with Antonio Brown back from injury, not with Le'Veon Bell and Roethlisberger likewise healthy, not with the Steelers' offense poised to strike, after too many postseasons of signing Ben Tate off the street, of handing the ball to Fitz Toussaint, and of throwing it to Sammy Coates and Kobe Hamilton. This year is finally the year. The Steelers are as convinced of that as Steeler Nation. 
and no collection of upstarts from sweet home Flabama is about to stand in the Steelers' way <laughs> along the way. That's the theory, at least. Are you ready for some football? Yeah! Mother Nature will deliver the type of Steeler weather in which the Steelers believe they're most at home in the postseason. Bell provided the type of soap opera-esque distraction the Steelers have seemingly thrived amid ever since Bell decided to skip training camp. And just in case anyone forgot what it is they're really playing for, Mike Mitchell's Churchillian beat them in Haiti or beat them in hell declaration regarding those Patriots centered the ball as well as it can be centered. It's almost time, finally, for the Steelers to ship it up to Boston. They're not quite on a mission from God, but that said, they've come too far for too long and endured too much along the way not to take that final step. Pittsburgh. Don't touch your face. I got him dead, Pittsburgh, all day, baby. For now, you guys call me Ronald. Would you not eat my pants? Ronald. Ah! Mm-hmm.